And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the thousands in attendance and millions around the world, let's get ready to Conspiracy Rumble! Tonight with us, ladies and gentlemen, put on your sunglasses and behold the spectacle, the electrifying Billy Ray Valentine. Ladies and gentlemen, he will put you under, pray not to get in his way, the phenom Chuck Gorgelli. Also, ladies and gentlemen, it's getting cold in here, like a blizzard blowing in. It is Stone Cold Chris Graves. And last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. Six's baby boy, number six, master of the Super Six Suplex Vortex Spine Twister Pile Driver, ladies and gentlemen, number six. Number six, tell us what you have planned for the crowd tonight. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Tiger. Love it, man. Uh, you, you definitely have the voice for that role, and uh, you did it well, sir. So props, man, props. Uh, thank you, sir. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back off and enjoy. You guys have a great show. Thank you. Enjoy, man. Enjoy the rest yeah. of the show. Later. But uh, So, folks, here's what I got planned for us. I gathered uh, 30 wrestling conspiracies from WWE. Uh, we are gonna read off the list, and then we're gonna we're gonna go through a couple of them that we pick out from the panel, uh, the ones we need to explore a little bit more, so we can jump into the articles. These will all be on the source list on Substack too. So uh, if you go to number six on Substack and subscribe for free, uh, you'll be able to find all thirty wrestling related articles that I'm gonna pull up on the screen. Um, and then after we you know discuss the more interesting ones that we bring up here. I figured we'd go around the panel and we all pick who goes over. Who's who's the big uh, baby face of the uh, conspiracy world? Who we're going to put the belt on or the strap? All right. So pronouns, boys. Let's let's do this. All right. So um, let me uh, pull this aside for the crowd. And here I think I have that exposed now so everybody can be able to see this. I'm going to do a screen share for you guys. I think it's this one that looks correct start sharing all right so can you guys see this article yes sir all right so number one in the ring for the conspiracy rumble is vince mcmahon and the pat patterson ring boy scandal oh is this a dirty one so this one says uh this is from uh ringside news this is WWE called out for covering up child molestation after accuser commits suicide. Now, it says that WWE has seen many controversies and scandals come through the company. The 1992 Ringboy scandal lives on as one of the company's darkest tales, mostly swept under the rug. WWF officials, including Director of Wrestling Operations Terry Garvin, ring announcer Mel Phillips, and Pat Patterson were accused of sexual misconduct. The sex scandal was also covered on the Phil Donahue show, and you can watch that video below. Tom Cole, an accuser in that scandal, recently committed suicide. His brother then sent out a scathing tweet blaming WWE for his siblings' untimely death. He accused the company of letting in child molesters and covering it up as well. So that's number one. Number two, this is from the Campus Chronicle. Here's why Owen Hart's death was no accident. This is an editorial, but it says on May 23rd, 
1999, the World Wrestling Federation, then as the WWF, experienced a tragedy that would forever change the course of their lucrative history. Legendary performer Owen Hart was set to make a dramatic entrance from the rafters of the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri, but it wasn't meant to be. Hart, performing under his blue blazer gimmick, was being lowered to the ring when his harness released him suddenly. As a result, he fell over four stories to his death. What made matters more hazy, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, chairman and CEO of WWF-E, and other officials opted to keep the show going and not cancel the remaining airtime during the over-the-edge pay-per-view. Owen James Hart was born on May 7, 1965 in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, uh, to Stu and Helen Hart, the youngest of 12 children alongside older brother Brett, in case you didn't know. He was classified as one of the more gifted in-ring competitors in his generation, and Hart won multiple championships throughout his short career. He is a former one-time USWA Unified World Heavyweight Champion, two-time WWF-E Intercontinental Champion, as well as a four-time World Tag Team Champion. But despite all of his accomplishments, Hart was growing increasingly frustrated with the direction of the company and with tensions coming to a head with rival promotion World Championship Wrestling, or WCW. The WWF decided that a creative facelift would keep them afloat in the ratings during the mid-1990s, dubbed the Attitude Era. And this style of entertainment was presented as more smash mouth, raunchy, and flamboyant than traditional stars in the 1980s. Now, it does go on to say that in 97, Hart's brother Brett was set to defend the world championship against on-screen and backstage nemesis Shawn Michaels, and we're going to talk about that more. So number three, this is from uh, thethings.com. Vince McMahon was allegedly involved in the Jimmy Snuka criminal case. It says here that uh, the WWE has seen hundreds of wrestlers come and go, Um, but only a small number of those wrestlers have had careers that are truly worthy of the Hall of Fame. Jimmy Superfly Snuka may have never won the WWE's biggest titles, but he became an icon within the company for introducing the high-flying style that that is still being used today. And while he may be an icon, Snuka's legacy has been tarnished since 2015 when he was arrested for the murder of his former girlfriend, Nancy Argentino. Now, the crime occurred in 1983 after Snuka had finished wrestling, uh, doing a wrestling taping, and he was, one, uh, he was the one who called paramedics to the scene. Now, Argento um, perished shortly after as a result of traumatic brain injury, but upon further investigation, her injuries appeared to be the result of serious domestic abuse. Snuka was finally arrested 32 years later, but the charges were dismissed in 2017 because Hall of Famer was not deemed fit enough to stand trial. But it said four months earlier, Snooker had been arrested for misdemeanor assault in the third degree, felony assault count in the second degree. He also had misdemeanor counts of resisting arrest and obstructing government administration. Argento was planning on filing a report, but it looks like Vince McMahon may have talked her out of it. All right, so what was that? We're moving on to number four. WWE legend Jerry Lawler files a $3 million suit over his son's jail death. Now it says here that WWE legend Jerry the King Lawler has filed a $3 million lawsuit against officials and cops in Tennessee seeking justice for the death of his son Brian Christopher, aka Grandmaster Sexay, which they could have prevented, the suit alleges. 
Brian, 46, took his own life last July while he was locked up at the Hardeman County Jail on DUI in evading arrest charges. Cops claimed the former tag team champ was found hanging inside his cell with his shoelaces wrapped around his neck in what was ruled a suicide. Now Lawler, 69, giggity, refused to believe that Brian had killed himself and instead thought that something more sinister had happened to him. He came forward in August of 2018 with photos of Brian in the hospital before his death and claimed his injuries were not consistent with a suicide. In quotes, Jerry says, just look at his neck and look at his hand. He told this to reporters. You can see the lines on his neck all the way around here to here. And what would be the length of your hand as if he was trying to keep the pressure off? Wow. Number five. The crazy rumor that macho man Randy Savage hooked up with a teenage Stephanie McMahon. Professional wrestling rumors are always worth Always entertaining, aren't they, it says in the article. Every single day, millions of wrestling fans flock to the internet to check out the dirt sheets for the latest gossip in WWE or AEW or Ring of Honor or Impact Wrestling. Okay, Got to get everybody in there. Uh, Who's turning face or heel? Who's making a surprise appearance here or there? Did Vince McMahon yell at anyone today? It's an endless array of information. Some of it is true. Most of it is false. What are the longest running rumors? One that marks can't seem to let go of is the one involving Macho Man Randy Savage having inappropriate relationship with a teenage Stephanie McMahon more than 25 years ago. Maybe you've heard oh, this no. Oh, no. Is, yeah, that is right. <laughs> Maybe you've heard this one. Maybe you haven't. Snap to a teenager. <laughs> yeah, so, so, it says, so let's stick in and find out exactly where this craziness got started. Um, and this, uh, they claim in the article that after a very successful career, as they note here, that uh, management thought that Randy was getting too old for the job, and he took some, uh, I guess, um, yeah, <laughs> took something into his own hands potentially. So, but uh, Lanny Poffo, who just recently passed away, R.I.P. Um, and I'm, I'm correct on that. I tr- really do believe Graves. I didn't Richard Belzer him. I promise. But uh, Lanny Lanny Poffo, uh, who's no longer with us, said that there's only two people that really know, uh, and one is dead. And the other one isn't talking. So, oh yeah, are you talking about Andy Coffin, right? Yeah, not necessarily. But let's move on. I know. Okay, <laughs> this is one I brought up earlier when I was talking to you and our friend uh, Don Jeffries, uh, Chris. So this is Billy Jack Haynes, yeah, and Bill Clinton. It says Clinton murders. This is from the Horn News. Witness confesses in Clinton link deaths. Former pro wrestler turned drug enforcer, uh, Billy Jack Haynes, has come forward with a shocking claim that Bill Clinton was involved in the murder of two young men in Arkansas on August 23, 1987. That's not all. According to local station KATV, Haynes has even hinted he has has video evidence to prove his claim. (laughs) This is the famous boys on the track case. Yep, you recognized it immediately too. Like I gave you guys a hint, and you were like, "Oh yeah, we know them." Like, yeah, and when I say famous, I mean infamous because it's grisly. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It says thirty-one years ago, uh, folks. The the small town of Mina, Arkansas, woke up to find two young men, Don Henry, not John Henry, just to be clear, and Kevin Ives, had been hit by a train. 
The dubious circumstances surrounding their tra- tragic deaths is now known as the boys on the tracks. It's always hard. And if anybody's looking for podcast ideas, to be honest with you, you could just take the uh, Clinton scandals from, what, 1990 to 2010, yep. and you'd have enough material for the next couple of decades. So no problem there. Go ahead. Oh, wow. That reminds me. It's like uh, Eric Bischoff that goes through 83 weeks. Um, you, I think there's more than 83 episodes there on the Clinton kill list alone. So. Oh, easily. Yeah. And we just had two more this past uh, fall, right? Yeah. The woman on the plane and the guy tied up and shot himself with a shotgun, I believe. Oh, right. Clinton, Clinton kill list. Uh, you could go uh, illegitimate children. You could go. Uh, I mean, there's just so yeah. much. America's first black uh, <laughs> president it goes on. Why not? Yeah. Hillary Plenty Clinton stars in not the mama. Sex lies. Not the mama. Thank you. Not sex, the mama. Sex lies and destroyed videotapes. Oh, gross. Yeah. All right. Now, gross. the next one that we have. This is a crazy one, Chris. I'm thinking this might be up your alley. Did WWE predict 9 11? Oh, God. Wow. So uh, let's see. We're going to have one world of a main event right here after this commercial message. Twin Towers, take it, Mean Gene. With me at this time, the Slickster, Akeem, the African Dream, and a big boss man. Gentlemen, is this the match you wanted all along, or are you going to continue your terrorist attacks on the mega powers and the defenseless Elizabeth? What do you want? Oh, yeah, we are anxiously awaiting the presence, and they're just about on their way now. The Twin Towers, and Akeem, along with the big boss man. And they are indeed McMahon, look at the size of these two. Huge. All right, thank you, Vince McMahon, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage, the lovely Elizabeth. Three people working as one with one goal in mind. To defeat, or should I say demolish the Twin Towers. Hulk Hogan, you talked about the Triangle of Love. Demolish the Twin Towers. Uh, And they even have Jesse Ventura there. Oh, my God. Drink it. Here's the fun part. Uh, just a little side note. You guys notice that occasionally I refer to myself as the one man gang. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure that is exactly the name of the guy who became Akeem, yep. the African dream. Yep, exactly Akeem, correct. the African dream is actually from Africa. Please do not ruin this for me. Okay. I, I believe that the guy is from Africa. He has soul like a black man and he came down to the greatest theme ever in the history of the WWE jive. So bro, the one man gang, somebody completely different, didn't even look like this guy. Okay, <laughs> just like Tony Clifton, right, Chris? <laughs> yeah, he sent some kind of scheme. Not, oh, that's your ass. <laughs> Thank you. Look, perhaps, perhaps he is much like that chick that had that high position in the NAACP not too long ago and identified. I mean, that's a possibility. <laughs> I suppose you you could, uh, you know, decide your own identity on any given day. So. Yes, why not? Akeem the African Dream, brought to you by 23andMe. (laughs) That that too. All right, what happened to that one? Okay, here we go. This is the next one. Vince McMahon's defiant paranoia was shaped by his steroid trial. So Mm. it's it's 25 years ago this week and now shuttered federal courthouse in Uniondale for the Eastern District of New York. WWE Chief Vincent Kennedy McMahon was acquitted on charges of conspiracy and possession with intent to distribute anabolic steroids it was a pivotal moment in wrestling history and the effective conclusion of a case that is both more complicated and much simpler than it's commonly understood to be 
confusing. The what kind of article? No, now, now that is confusing. <laughs> yes. But six, let me interject just for a moment. Please. Complicated beyond what the public knows is absolute fact as far as I'm concerned, considering the one WWF slash E superstar that I actually knew personally. And he had some interesting things to say after four or five pitchers, well, let's be honest, 12 pitchers of beer uh, at J.B. Higginbottoms in Asbury Park. And uh, Bam Bam Bigelow knew a few things, just saying. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, because he was a guy who suffered from problems. Actually, it's one of the things that stunted his career is that he had this problem where his bones were giving him issues because his frame was not able to support all of the flesh on it so easily and uh, required steroids at certain points in his life to uh, avoid the pain and to be able to continue to uh, be as flexible and agile as he was. But uh, that's that's about as far as I'll go there because he's no longer with us. Yeah. Watching that man do like cartwheels and stuff and also be anywhere near Luna Vachon um, was an incredible feat because Luna was scary as fuck. <laughs> and I love, and I love the fact that he was in that movie, major pain. It was beautiful, beautiful ah. scene. It's scary. And that movie was scary on its own. Thank yes, you. absolutely. Still, still doesn't stack up to blank man in my opinion, but we'll, we'll, t- we'll discuss that maybe at another special. So uh, this next one, uh, this is from Larry Brown Sports. Charlie Ebersol talks conspiracy of NFL sabotaging the XFL. It says, did someone sabotage the XFL when it came to their TV ratings for one of their first games ever? Now, Charlie Ebersol seems to think so. Ebersol, who's the son of Dick Ebersol, joined Evan Cohen and Mike Babchick on Morning Men on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XFM 82. Uh, Dick Ebersol took over for Lauren Michaels uh, for Saturday Night Live when Lauren wanted to have a Hollywood career uh, for about five, six years when he went off to produce Three Amigos and things like that. But Dick Ebersol uh, is responsible for getting uh, Charlie, uh, not Charlie, Eddie Murphy in there. So there you go. Eddie Murphy is awesome, but Three Amigos is definitely awesome. Great film. Oh, guapo. You're welcome. Yes. Now, this says uh, this is all part of a 30 for 30 film called This Was the XFL. Now, during his appearance on Morning Men Thursday, though, Ebersol uh, told Cohen and Babchick about a bizarre occurrence during the XFL's second televised game ever. Ebersol gained a lot of information about the subject because his father was the chairman at NBC, which owned 50% of the XFL. According to Ebersol, the production trucks used to televise games lost power right before Nielsen ratings were supposed to take their first measurement. And he says in quotes, your first rating is measured by what happens in the first 15 minutes of the, at, or at the 15 minute mark. Ebersol explained that at 13 minutes in to the second game of the XFL, the production, the production truck loses power because there's no gas in the generator. So for three minutes across that 15 minute barrier, there's nothing on NBC. There's a blank screen that says, we're coming back in a second. Ebersol told Cohen and Babchick. And in quotes, it says, it's a little weird to me that two generators have no gas in them and the trucks aren't plugged into the wall. That does not feel like a mistake that any group would ever make. And then Ebersol then went into the sabotage conspiracy, saying that the XFL wanted a team in LA at the time and the XFL had beaten them there. 
So I'm sorry, the NFL, yes, wanted a team in LA. There we go. They were in the Coliseum, pronouns. Uh, they had a lot of hype. <laughs> they had just put up the biggest Saturday night rating <laughs> in almost, thank you, Billy, I think you got that, in almost 20 years. I don't think it's a coincidental that a generator had enough gas for 13 minutes. And Ebersol would not go as far, it says, enough to blame the NFL for sabotaging the XFL, but it's clear that he believes that something extremely suspicious happened. So moving on to the next one, we got more pop-ups. I disabled my app blocker. Sure, I did. Ooh. I didn't. That's a conspiracy right there. You know what I'm doing? I'm hitting oh, yeah, another round. This is a great plug for the archive.today extension. Place it in your browser extensions. You'll get a nice little button at the top of your browser window. And anytime that a uh, paywall pops up for articles, check to see if there's already an archive copy of this. Now, I bet you, and there's a lot of stuff out there. That because I'm searching the weirdest shit for wrestling imaginable, that maybe we're archiving this one for the first time. We'll see. But yeah, it looks like it's not finding anything on file, so it's going to archive this. Is this dark web stuff? This is not dark web stuff. I promise. Damn. All right. Yeah. <laughs> not doing the whole Silk Road thing. That guy didn't. Yeah, that guy didn't fare too well um, in court. And uh, neither is uh, Ian Freeman. Uh, up in uh, New Hampshire, where our buddy Gar Goldsmith is from. That's a terrible oh, yeah. story, too, about all that stuff. Weird things going on in the crypto markets these days. It's a good thing you guys are you know, good friends with somebody like Tony Arterburn. <laughs> Help you explain some market stuff there. You guys have a show, don't you, Billy Ray? I think so. Okay. I'm not 100% sure about that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> all right, so while that's loading, let me come back to it. This next one, WWE discovered Vince McMahon paid $5 million to Donald Trump's foundation, report says. Former WWE boss Vince McMahon paid $5 million of around a $20 million previously unrecorded expenses to Donald Trump's foundation in 2007 and 2009, Wall Street Journal reported. The report comes weeks after McMahon retired as CEO of the company amid investigations into his hush payments he made related to an alleged sexual misconduct. Wow. Mm -hmm. I guess when you run in those, cir those circles, this is just commonplace. Uh, mm. I'm surprised it wasn't to pay him off for the loss of money with the uh, bodybuilding uh, WWE venture from the mid-90s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> bit it, too. Or that hair. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's a project all of its own, and you're not allowed to discuss that in public, sir. You know, conspiracy right there. Talk about gross. I want to. I want to test Trump's hair for peds. <laughs> oh my! God. He would not pass the wellness policy. <laughs> Definitely be suspended. Be he'd be riding it out. All right. It says the donations were given during the two years Trump had made appearances on televised WWE events. Wow. So let me see if we can go back here to this Forbes one. Yes, there it is. And let me bookmark that. Boop. This is Linda McMahon's Trump ties under scrutiny as WWE has deemed essential in Florida. So this is kind of a related one to the one we just talked about, but it says the McMahon family's well-known relationship with President Donald Trump has become a talking point as WWE continues to run live events in the state of Florida amid the spread of the novel coronavirus or COVID-19. 
Uh, it says that Trump's ties with the McMahon family were apparent as recently as Tuesday's coronavirus press briefing. Don't you miss those guys, man? Those were fucking terrible. At the yeah, yeah, at the White House, where President Trump thanked and praised the great Vince McMahon. And last week, WWE continued to tempt fate and morality. It says by surprisingly announcing that live tapings would resume in the WWE Performance Center of Orlando, Florida. I, Billy Ray, I could not stand that Thunderdome oh. thing that they did, dude. Like, that it was, was like Disney Channel bright, like, disgusting, yeah. like, cringy uh, color schemes and everything. Like, it was too much for me, man. I, I was already largely separated from from the sport at that point. And when they started doing that, it just gave me even more of an excuse to not, to not cover it. You know, I, I just recently was sucked back in by my son. But I tried to get away from this. And, and when they did this, it was just a complete and total disaster. Well, and it's just, I understand that they need to work on more AI programs to keep us in the matrix in the future. But this was just too much. And then Taker, like coming out and retiring to the Thunderdome. <laughs> it was I just mean, the total disaster. Everything about it, bro, was so, and, and like uh, the audience with, uh, you know, the people on screens and, and it was just. I would dead. rather like, take her come out with a cane like Andre did and have it just be all sad. Like, oh, he's going to die. You know, like, like, like that kind of sad. I'd rather that that than fucking retiring in front of the Thunderdome. Yeah. The, the opportunity King Kong Bundy didn't get. Oh, yeah. King Kong. Well, he did get. He, well, Al Bundy was named after King Kong Bundy. That's that's uh, I'm not joking. Oh, nice. Yeah. And we're simulcasting just like it kind of like WrestleMania, too. <laughs> oh absolutely yes uh you, you're hearing us on ocelli.com live at the moment so now this one is crazy uh vince mcmahon once wanted the rock to wrestle a bear <laughs> serious well that's totally you know what? that's barely a controversy or a conspiracy you know why <laughs> because you're Honestly, better than that, Chuck. You're better than that. You've seen my ex, haven't you, Chuck? Oh, God. I, well, that's... <laughs> no, you haven't seen mine. Uh -huh. She's now, it's okay. <laughs> but you would recognize her if you watch those films where there's little Japanese guys screaming when they're being on <laughs> and you hear that noise, you know. Uh, oh, Godzilla! You've seen her, believe me. Uh, <laughs> she just, they paint her green before they put her on TV. But the point is... You're my cousin, huh? No, I'm talking about my first wife. Um, the <laughs> thing is that... Uh, you know, these wrestling guys before McMahon, you know, codified it and created, you know, the, the massive master territory, they used to do stunts like that all the time with the wrestling, the bear, or, you know, I mean, they dope them up and not cocaine bear. I think Bruno did back in the day, Bruno San Martino. I think he had a, a at least a, a bout with rather that or a, um, orangutan. I think maybe. An orangutan. Well, they would dope up a bear and, you know, and try and like, you know, tape up the claws and this kind of stuff so that they wouldn't, you know, get too badly hurt. But they used to do this back when wrestling was also still a circus attraction. So these kind of promotions, this is just like a throwback thing. It's not even like, it's like, eh, okay. Well, it's yeah. even funnier to me because of what it was an ode to. It says here that when the WWE joined the New York Stock Exchange in late 2000, because you, you want human sacrifice to animals on the stock exchange. I mean, you can't get and, any and more Luciferian than it already is probably. Uh, but it says WWE chairman Vince McMahon pitched the, for the rock to wrestle a bear at a special event in the middle of wall street. 
Well, it, the bear market instead of, you know, I mean, yes, really. I that's what they talked bull. about. That's what they, they was yeah. supposed to symbolize the Brahma bull versus the bear. There you go. The bear necessities, right? Oh, absolutely. Ooh. Great stuff. Yeah, that Great too. Stuff. Blue. Love the Louis Prima in that. Love those things. I gave that up for Lent. Nice. Yeah. Now, this is from Bloomberg Law. This is WWE's uh, McMahon board accused of insider trading over Saudi deals. Says a World Wrestling Entertainment Incorporated shareholder sued Chairman Vince McMahon and other members of its board in Delaware, claiming company leaders sold more than $300 million worth of stock at inflated prices while keeping the public in the dark about the collapse of key Middle East broadcasting deals. What is this, Nancy Pelosi or something? Yeah, yeah, thank you for recognizing that pattern. I I think so many people did. That's why they had to ban that one uh, Twitter handle. Uh, that was following Nancy Pelosi's uh, like, beard. Yeah, no, her, her stock portfolio. People, oh, yeah. people that followed her stock, her stock portfolio, were doing way better than any Jim Cramer bullshit. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Wow. <laughs> now it does say that um, um, the lawsuit made public Tuesday accuses WWE's executives of telling investors for months it was poised to renew an agreement with Ridya-based. Orbit Showcase Network, which it well, needed. All, Paul Pelosi did wrestle uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, mixing things up. I'm sorry. Yeah, Greg the Pappy Hammer Valentine. That's sorry. amazing. I, I'm mixing things up. I, I'm just, I'm tired. We, no, it's a, we, we talked about uh, when we eventually have the TMP merch store to have the Pappy Hammers there and make like like squeaky toy hammers that you could just bop people with, like, you know. Fake beards. Yes, fake beards. We'll need those too. Um, now, this one from Slam. This is Jarrett's rebooking of WCW full of pearls of wisdom. The reason why I wanted to bring this up is that I didn't know this until more recently uh, because of the passing of Jerry Jarrett, um, that Jerry Jarrett had put a bid in to buy WCW before Vince McMahon. And suspiciously, even though he was bidding more money than Vince McMahon, he didn't get the deal. <laughs> That's pretty goofy, huh? That says the premise of this particular DVD was not legendary promoter Jerry Jodett, the father of wrestler Jeff Jarrett, would rebook the struggling world championship wrestling or WCW company starting back in the year 2000. It says just one on earth can get WCW back in the race, the DVD cover asks, and then suggests that Jerry Jarrett has all the answers. The 90-minute DVD is essentially Sean Oliver picking uh, the brain of Jarrett to find out what he would have done differently than the doomed uh, did to resurrect WCW. Not the easiest of tasks, but I had to admit it was an intriguing idea for an interview and a DVD. But the first thing noticed was that legendary speak is how absolutely uncharismatic he was. They really buried Jerry in this. Wow. Say that not only was he not, he wasn't expecting ultimate warrior type of energy, <laughs> whatever he does, uh, from a, a man well into his late 60s, but a little energy might have been something to see. But um, yeah, basically Vince McMahon says is build a corporation on a wrestling company, Jared explained to Oliver as he was talking to a small child and told WCW writer Vince Russo at the time, and you're wanting to build a wrestling company within a corporation that's not going to work. So, but... Um, uh, Billy Ray, was this guy kneecapped by McMahon? Dude, I don't know, man. This is the first time I hear about this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I had no idea until more recently. Uh, I do... Even though, like, if, if you want to hear somebody, Chris, honestly, tear into Donald Trump and, like, the someone that's amazing at insults, 
check out yeah. Jim Cornette. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Jim, I mean, we wouldn't agree on pretty much anything uh, political, but I do listen to his stuff, especially with him telling tales of old school wrestling. I love shoot interviews and stuff like that. And, yeah. Uh, Corny can definitely throw out some insults there. I think um, it's the best wrestling podcast out I'm actively trying to book him for anybody's show that I know, uh, honestly. He so. does an insane, an insane job. And, and yeah, I, I don't agree with him with everything politically, but I can definitely sit down and destroy Trump for three, four or five hours with Jim Cornette. It'd be amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we'd be rolling on the floor with that. We'd be rolling on the floor with that, Billy. No doubt, dude. Like you, you two together just uh, cracking up. Uh, man, that'd be great. Um, now, moving on to the next one. Uh, this is the Montreal Screwjob is one of pro wrestling's most famous incidents. But was mm -hmm. it all a hoax? Well, that was my nickname in uh, college that I didn't go to. Yeah, it mm -hmm. says, what if wrestling's most famous moment was <laughs> all an elaborate hoax? Said 20 years ago this week uh, in the article, one of uh, pro wrestling's central tenets that it's all scripted was famously and fabulously ripped to shreds. The result was the strangest and realest and most controversial moment in the industry's history, one that occurred live on air, square in the middle of the ring. It culminated off an, uh, camera off camera backstage with a wrestler blackening the eye of the company's owner with a legitimate punch, which came after the same wrestler had hawked a loogie into said owner's eye at ringside on camera, which was just before the wrestler threw a tantrum including tr uh, thrashing, there we go, yeah, a set of video monitors used by the TV announcers. Two decades on, it is still held up as the ne plus ultra example of reality ripping pro wrestlers theater asunder. It might be the most famous finish a match has ever had. Hmm. Now, next one we'll go into, did Bill Go Goldberg purposely Injure Bret Hart at WCW Starcade 99. This article says on December 19th, 1999, at Starcade, Bret Hart faced Bill Goldberg in a match that would arguably end Bret's wrestling career. Over the years, it's escalated to the point where fans have called Goldberg out for intentionally injuring Bret, and Bret has stated that Goldberg hit him as hard as he could. And that hasn't helped the optics of it, but it's understandable for Bret to feel that way. Now, under did Bill Goldberg purposely injure Bret Hart at WCW 99 says that Goldberg has recently said that he's sorry for injuring Bret, but it's something Bret hasn't been able to move beyond completely. Might have been the stroke. Um, the heartbreak <laughs> is still apparent with Bret, and considering what he lost to the wrestling industry, and Owen's death too, which we talked about earlier in the stream, said this seems to be the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back for Bret. But did Goldberg do it on purpose? In the article, it says we don't think so, but, and they'll explain how. They, they show the video. Now, this is. Yeah. He clobbered him with that. He clobbered him with that. Ugh. Ugh. Now, the next one. And, um, Billy Ray, hint. Oh, wow. This, yeah. this one goes into, uh, Bill, something that Bill Apter has talked about. Um, this is uh, Chris Benoit Motor Suicide, a professional hit. Journalist Bill Apter thinks that may have been the case. 
Now it says, in June of 2007, the professional wrestling world was rocked when it learned that Chris Benoit, his wife Nancy, and their son Daniel had died at their home. Benoit, a well-respected hand in the ring, had been to the top of the mountain in the WWE, was a member of the Four Horsemen in the WCW, and made a name for himself in the early ECW days, as well as in Mexico, Japan, and Canada. Benoit's wife, Nancy, who had been a valet in the pro wrestling business for years, was found bound and strangled, while their seven-year-old son was found dead in his room, and Chris was found in the basement, with police determining his cause of death being suicide by hanging. Now, police concluded Benoit killed his wife, then murdered his son some time later, before ultimately taking his own life. Now, it says that um, Apter has been involved in the professional wrestling circuit since the 1970s and rose to prominence via his work with publications like Pro Wrestling Illustrated, which played to the more theatrical side of pro wrestling without spoiling things for fans, and says those magazines haven't been as prominent, thanks internet, but he still remained a figure in bringing the proper news uh, side to professional wrestling. So it made sense that a pro wrestler, Chris Jericho, would invite him on a talk in his Talk is Jericho podcast. It's there that people got a fill of Apter's theory on what happened in the Benoit household back in June of 2007. It's a story that differs from what police may have found. In quotes, it says, I think somehow Chris got in some sort of trouble. I don't know what it was. I don't, I don't know what it was after or whatever, but I think something happened. I think when he got home, Nancy and his son were already dead. To me, if a hit, a murder, is done in a professional way, they can make it look like you did it and you committed suicide as well. And after his reasoning said, uh, that'd be the love for uh, Chris had for his son, Daniel. Yes, Chris. No, that just reminds me of, uh, there was a guy named Philip Marshall, I believe his name was. Um, he was accused of shooting his two children and his dog and then himself. Uh, he was a 9-11 truther that was writing a whole bunch of books on 9-11 truth at the time. And all the neighbors said that, that he was, wasn't capable of doing that to his family and everything. And, you know, if that was uh, a hit, it just reminded me of the same type of thing, you know? Yeah, because what asshole shoots the dog? You know, ask, ask exactly. Buster about that, Chuck. Buster would probably disapprove. We know what the approval bark sounds like now, but we we don't we don't know what the disapproval one sounds like. Now. Yeah, I think I think he might be taking a nap, but uh, uh, yeah, no, that's definitely one of those things where it's like you know usually even they don't shoot you don't shoot your own dog you just don't. No, not unless you're Will Smith in the Legend movie. I mm. Legend movie, yeah, that's, that was a rough one. That was a rough gross. one. Yeah, gross. Yeah. Moving on. Uh, this is a weird one. Uh, this this one caught me by surprise. That uh, This is something, Chris, that you find in your uh, research. I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. This is right up that alley, unfortunately. Well, let's, let's not talk about alleys here when we're talking about Nancy Benoit. Um, death of Nancy Benoit, rumor posted on Wikipedia hours prior to body being found, it says. It says, mm. Wiki News has learned through an investigation that anonymous edits on the Wikipedia article Chris Benoit were added about the death of his wife, Nancy Benoit, 14 hours before police entered the Benoit home to find the former professional world wrestling entertainment, WWE Canadian wrestler and his family dead. It says an anonymous edit from IP address and actually gives out IP address uh, using the internet uh, service provider optimum online was made at 401 UTC on 
Chris Benoit's Wikipedia article. On a paragraph about it about an earlier fight, however, it says in quotes, however, Chris Benoit was replaced due to personal issues. The anonymous editor added, stemming from the death of his wife, Nancy. The edit was reversed just under one hour later with the comment, need a reliable source. Saying that his wife died is a pretty big statement. You need to back it up with something. Then, just one hour later after the first edit reversion, another anonymous edit by another IP address using unwiredaustralia.com.au, a wireless internet service provider, was made adding about the aforementioned personal issues, which according to several pro wrestling websites is attributed to the passing of Benoit's wife, Nancy. That edit was also reverted just under 20 minutes later with the comment saying, uh, several pro wrestling websites is still not reliable information. <laughs> hmm. All right. That happened with, that happened with director Tony Scott, uh, who, uh, ended up jumping off a bridge. Um, that was reported, uh, way before, actually hours and hours before, uh, he actually did it. And uh, what was the other one, too? Uh, Joe Paterno, he, the one that was mixed up with the Sandusky thing. Mm -hmm. I believe his death was uh, reported 12 hours before he actually died, too. So, you know, weirdness around. You know, who knows? Yeah, that Jerry Sandusky thing was super gross, man. That and Denny Hastert, the, anyone in and around wrestling um, that's like that. Oh, man, there's a special place in hell. Well, Sandusky was only the tip of the iceberg with that whole ring, but we won't go into that right now. Yeah, we're not going to talk about Sandusky's tip. It's it's wrestling showtime. All right. No, that's not what <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is from the Sportster. The conspiracy theory of Vince Russo being sent to destroy WCW explained. There are wrestling fans out there, it says, who believe that Vince Russo was sent to WCW to purposely bring about its end. Now, in the article, it says Vince Russo is one of the most controversial personalities in wrestling history. Vic Venom only not only worked for a couple or only worked a couple of years full time, but his mark on the sport is undeniable. And even today, despite being retired for years and years, the wrestling fandom continues to debate over his place in wrestling history. One half labels him as the worst thing to ever happen to pro wrestling. The other half hails him as the savior of wrestling and the man who brought us all the Attitude Era. Now, to a select few wrestling fans and insiders, Russo is, a, is as mysterious as he is controversial. We all know the story of the former WWE creative head. He started off as a freelance writer for the WWF magazine, and he eventually made his way to the top, overseeing the creative direction of the company. Now, after he rose to prominence in WWE, it says here that, um, that Russo had no filter in WCW so that he was able to do pretty much what he wanted. The company was already fond of his swerves, uh, as, as it's often referred to, and favored shock over substance, and Russo was all too happy to contribute, and McMahon surely had a hand in the demise of WCW, and that was by running a massively successful company as a competitor. That's all Vinnie Mac did, it says in the article, or did they? Now, this next one, Paul Heyman's WWE WrestleMania 30 Conspiracy Theory. Paul Heyman revealed in a wrestling theory, or I'm sorry, an interesting theory, geez, on why Brock Lesnar defeated The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30. Paul Heyman is now on tour with his, 
with a stage show called Inside the Ropes. At the opening night of the show in London, he revealed what could be one of the biggest shocking stories in the history of professional wrestling, that the streak ended because Brock Lesnar truly and legitimately pinned The Undertaker. This revelation, if true, will completely rewrite the history of WWE and add to the legend of Brock Lesnar, both good and bad. However, is it a true account by Paul Heyman's? Oh, who... WWE contract just expired, it says in the article. He's still with them, just to let you guys know. Uh, or is it just an elaborate story told by one of the best in the business? Tough to say with Paul. <laughs> I think he probably convince any one of us of something, man. He's, he's a good talker, one of the best in the biz. Now, mm-hmm. it, it says here, Senators urge WWE to reconsider relationship with Saudi Arabia after journalists' disappearance. Says WWE's deal with Saudi Arabia has come under scrutiny after the apparent, and it was, killing of a journalist. And this is from 2018. So, uh, several U.S. senators have questioned WWE's business relationship with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia in the wake of the disappearance of Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Khashoggi, a Washington Post contributor and U.S. permanent resident, disappeared in Istanbul last week, and Turkish authorities believe he was killed and dismembered at the behest. Of the Saudi government watched uh, the documentary The Dissident. It answers that, I believe, uh, because of his criticism of Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's regime. The Turks have audio co- recordings proving Khashoggi was killed inside the Saudi embassy in Istanbul. Remember that documentary that I mentioned? Bone Saw. The Post reported Thursday. The news comes less than a month before WWE's scheduled Crown Jewel show in Ridya. And now multiple senators are urging WWE to reconsider its arrangement with the kingdom. IJR received input from four senators, all of whom expressed varying levels of objection. And the strongest rebuke came from New Jersey Democrat Bob Menendez. All right. Next one. This is from Babyface versus Heel on Substack. Here's the real story of how the WWF became WWE. Now with this one, this kind of shocked me too, because it's always been one of those things that's been, I guess, really simply explained was just like, well, the, the World Wildlife Fund had the the rights to WWF. Well, WWF in wrestling terms did botch this <laughs> in a way. Let's let's take a look at, at why. Um, now it says here uh, that WWE's real big loss, to be honest, you probably couldn't have salvaged due to being adjudicated in England when talking about um, Jerry McDivitt, which is uh, WWE's main legal person. Um, it says that his really big loss and one that he probably couldn't have salvaged was being adjudicated in England, one he wasn't officially a part of. The battle for the Worldwide Fund for Nature, formerly the World Wildlife Fund, that cost them the WWF name. You don't really hear this talked about anymore, it says in the article, because in preparation for the WWE Network launch, the company finally settled the outstanding issues that led to heavy, distracting editing of archival content. Before you heard about it all the time, how dare those panda idiots do this? Nobody confused them with WWE anyway, that sort of thing. What most fans didn't realize was that this all came out of WWE violating an agreement that Linda McMahon signed of her own free will. And it says, as you've probably noticed, if you have been reading this newsletter as of late, I'm really into digging through court record websites. I like this guy. He does research and, and, and likes wrestling. Various types of open record searches 
and said, recently I discovered a new source that had various records of trademark disputes, including actions that the fund had taken against WWE. One of the filings had not, I'm sorry, had not only the entire British appellate court ruling from February of 2002, but also the full agreement between both WWFs that was at the crux of the case. So once and for all, let's take a look at what WWE actually agreed to and the circumstances around it. And that's all included in this. Look on Substack for that. Oh, here's another one from Forbes. Guess what? We're doing the archive thing again. All right, so maybe we'll skip that and come back. Let's go to this one. Screen Actors Guild issues statement on working with WWE wrestlers. SAG-AFTRA President Gabriel Carteris made a statement supporting union representation for wrestlers after WWE cut Zelina Vega from its roster. It says here in the article, the president of SAG-AFTRA, the union that represents media performers, expressed support for wrestlers as some WWE performers talk publicly about forming or joining a union. Wrestling is as much about media as it is sports, and we are going to directly engage with the members of this profession to help find ways for them to protect themselves, SAG-AFTRA. President Gabrielle Carteris said in a statement, sad, as more people reinvest in unions and as more working people are harassed by employers who don't want, who don't want to protect them. Psych Afro is committed to doing what we can to help professional wrestlers secure the protections they deserve. Now it said that uh, Carteris uh, previously tweeted in support of former WWE superstar Thea Megan Trimadad, Bur- Burgeon, jeez, who uses the ring name Zelina Vega. See, that's easier. Uh, WWE cut Vega from its roster ten minutes after Vega tweeted, "I support unionization." Wow. WWE uh, did later notice she was fired for breach of contract as the company has banned its performers from having third-party accounts under their ring names on platforms such as Twitch. And WWE further moved to take over those accounts and remit a portion of the revenue back to the wrestlers. And Vega reportedly made less income from WWE than she made from her Twitch account. I see we got some stuff in the chat over here. Let me see if I can pull that up. Right. Yeah, we're getting the hearts, getting the hearts going. Love it. Love it, guys. All right. So let me see if I can move back to um, this one. There we go. I think uh, we had a Forbes one going on, didn't we? There's a Forbes one in somewhere in here. There it is. All right. This is Nick Khan conspiracy theories dominate Twitter amidst Vince McMahon investigation. This one goes on to say that Vince McMahon is in hot water amid a potentially. Well, it definitely was. Uh, damning probe. Mm, sounds tasty. From the WWE <laughs> Board of Directors, who are investigating a $3 million payment from McMahon to an ex WWE employee. The allegations against McMahon are very serious, but irreverence on Twitter never wavers. The leading narrative and more accurately conspiracy theory on social media in the midst of McMahon's alleged misconduct is Nick Khan is leading a silent coup oust the entire McMahon family. And in quotes, it says, as far as Nick Khan goes, obviously there are all kinds of conspiracy theories, a million ones, that he's like a shark and taking over and getting rid of all the McMahons and everything like that, said Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer Radio. Now, let's uh, move on to this one. 
This is Jim Ross says Vince McMahon funded ECW because we wanted to buy the library. <laughs> uh, good old JR, Jim Ross, has stated his belief that Vince McMahon paid off Paul Heyman and ECW in order to keep them in business long enough to purchase their video library. The then World Wrestling Federation and Extreme Championship Wrestling had a long and illustrious history dating back to 1997 when Vince McMahon and his group willingly aided the hardcore group in both survival and the promotion of their inaugural pay-per-view event. Following the anarchic promotion's unexpected appearance in the front row of the 1995 King of the Ring, Heyman and McMahon struck a deal for the extreme stars to appear on Monday Night Raw in 1997 to exhibit what they were about ahead of their first ever foray into pay-per-view medium. The partnership included such highlights as the Dudley Boys and Tommy Dreamer competing in bouts on the company's flagship show, Sabu almost falling from the Raw sign, and Rob Van Dam becoming a semi-regular on WWF television alongside with Jerry Lawler. WWF stars even turned up on ECW programming to the chagrin of the Philadelphia faithful who almost tore each other apart to get to an invading Jerry Lawler. Now, let's move on to the next one. WWE Hall of Famer reveals interesting conspiracy theory on how Vince McMahon brought, or brought, bought, it should say, Sportskita, WCW for cheap, despite $50 million bid from Eric Bischoff. So there was another bidder there too. Not only did Jerry Jarrett want to buy WCW, but also Eric Bischoff wanted to as well. And they both bid more. Why did Vince McMahon get it for this much? Let's read. Vince McMahon's purchase of WCW in 2001 was a game changer for the wrestling industry. While WWE had been on its toes for years because of WCW, it marked the end of an era and arguably their last competition until the emergence of AEW. A WWE Hall of Famer revealed a conspiracy theory and the details behind the WCW sale and how McMahon acquired it for so cheap. While World, Champion Re- While World Championship Wrestling was going bankrupt, Vince McMahon seized the opportunity and would purchase the company for a measly $4.2 million. Far less than the actual worth. You don't say. This included the WCW name, logo, videotape library, and a portion of talent contracts. On the latest episode of The Bro Show, Diamond Dallas Page, DDP, discussed the sale of WCW and WWE and how Vince McMahon purchased the company. He said that Eric Bischoff was ready to shell out $50 million, and that could have gone up to $85 million with talent contracts. Interesting. Now, this one from Pro Wrestling Stories, how Vince McMahon tried to sabotage Starcade 83. It says, ruthless promoters will do anything to destroy a rival, whether it's tearing uh, down show posters on indies or registering complaints with state athletic commissions or infamous instances such as AWA promoter Vern Gagne offering the Iron Sheik $10,000 to break Hulk Hogan's leg. Promoters will sink to any depth to get their competition shut down. One attempted act of wrestling vandalism by Vince McMahon in particular put the first major wrestling pay-per-view, Starcade 83, in significant jeopardy. Now, it says here that um, before Starcade, a storyline involving Harley Race putting a $25,000 bounty, remember that number, 
on opponent Ric Flair's head. Now, and he got Cowboy Bob Orton and Dirty Dick Slater set to break Rick's neck to place him into retirement. Now, with all that going on, a few days before Starcade 83, Vince McMahon invited the NWA world champ, Harley Race, to New York for dinner. It did not take long for McMahon to cut to the chase. He wanted Harley Race to skip Starcade and bring the NWA belt with him to the WWF. If he did this, Harley would be paid handsomely, with Vince offering $250,000, an amount close to $750,000 today. Now, having recently taken over from his father, Vince was infamous for his ferocious business style. He had raided various NWA territories and was moving to new outside markets as well as the WWF's national expansion. Would the offer tempt race? The champ was thoroughly exhausted by the NWA schedule and was on the brink of losing a $500,000 investment in heart, in heart of American wrestling. He was also reluctant to put over Flair at the time. Now it says the Wrestling Observer's newsletter, Dave Meltzer, has theorized the plan would have been for Race to lose the belt to new top star Hulk Hogan in a title unification match with the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Wow. That would have changed wrestling history a lot. This one, this is a sad one, man. Grew up with a lot of Mach and Miss Elizabeth. This is tragic details found in Miss Elizabeth's autopsy report. This is from Grunge. It says, better known to fans as Miss Elizabeth, the longtime on-screen manager and real-life wife of Macho Man Randy Savage. Elizabeth Ann Houlette was a rarity among women in the pro wrestling scene during her heyday. In a business then dominated by large men with even larger personalities, Elizabeth somehow managed to stand out by being an important part of Savage's storylines. Wrestling fans of a certain age will certainly remember how Savage and Hulk Hogan, aka the Mega Powers, fell out in a kayfabe, uh, in, in kayfabe, sorry, because the former suspected the latter of having designs on Elizabeth, and how later on the Macho Man and Liz got married at the 1991 edition of SummerSlam, which is fucking great they actually were married in real life long before the on-screen ceremony though it would soon sadly uh, split soon after wow that's a lot of alliteration now down the bottom here it says that not only was elizabeth uh drinking and taking pills just hours before her death but then also a detective at the cobb county uh, police department i don't know if the big boss man was involved probably not uh, who told him it, that elizabeth have been observed drinking vodka and taking uh, somas and loratabs, uh, where hours before she went into cardiac arrest. Now, he added that at the time he spoke to O'Connell, which is another detective, were on their way uh, to Elizabeth's residence to verify circumstances with her boyfriend, Lex Luger. Now, it says that the autopsy revealed bruising around the right eye and other minor physical injuries that may have come. From Lex Luger. Now, at the bottom, though, Lex Luger denies this. He says, in the years after his girlfriend's death, Lex Luger, Lex Luger has repeatedly denied the accusations that he was physically abusive towards Elizabeth. And in one interview, he suggested that Elizabeth sustained the injuries in a freak accident while she was walking their dogs. Hmm. Now, this one. Uh, I'd like to know. I'd like him to explain that freak accident. <laughs> yeah, like the, yeah. How does that freak accident happen exactly? It's really a sad state of affairs. Uh, I'm curious, Six, I little spoiler, do you have another piece on Randy Savage before you're done? 
Um, actually, I think we are down to the last two, and no, I don't think we do. All right, then let me add in uh, this. It's there. There is a whole world of stuff that you could, again, you could probably make a top 30 of incidents involving Randy and Elizabeth alone. Uh, all kinds of craziness, even, uh, you know, stuff uh, with, with uh, maybe surveillance on his girlfriend and uh, all kinds of weird stuff, putting cameras in people's houses, uh, you know, the accusations about uh, his, his control over, uh, you know, this woman. Uh, there, there was all kinds of weirdness there. Uh, as for whether Lex abused her or not, you know, I mean, I guess it's one of those things we'll never really know. But man, there, there is a whole whirlwind of just like disastrous stuff connected to Randy Savage and and her. So I mean, it's just endless the amount of conspiracy. You could probably do a top thirty of just crazy stuff between them two. You know? Yeah. What a. I mean. Uh- I knew he was crazy from the Waffle House story <laughs> when he took on a guy with a knife with, with a butter knife, apparently, and then took on the cops and a dog. <laughs> yeah. But um, well, so- there's that. Then he tried to recapture, you know, he was getting kind of old there and he was trying to recapture things. And, you know, there, there's the steroids or whatever was going on there, the different drugs. Yeah. Him coming out with Gorgeous George and everything. And Gorgeous George is the one that uh, makes makes certain claims that uh, Randy took ecstasy and told her that he did have an affair with Stephanie McMahon. That was in one of the latter parts yeah. of the article. Wow. That we That's part of it. I mean, Randy had said many things and done many things. I mean, it's just... And it's not conspiracy theory. There's just a trail of like just craziness that, uh, and, and the two of them, you know, were involved in stuff. She tried to get away or whatever, but it's very possible that she continued in another abusive relationship or two or three after that, you know? Yeah. I mean, people that seem to, uh, accept those circumstances often bring them back into their lives. It's really unfortunate. They, they cling to the same patterns at times and, uh, but uh, one thing, quick sidebar though, uh, one that might cheer up the the crowd a little bit. Think of Randy Macho Man Savage rolling on E. Oh my goodness! Can you imagine him coming up to you, Billy Ray, like at a club, like, "What's up, Billy Ray? Uh, you know I'm Macho Man. I got the cream. I got the cream. The cream that comes to the top for you, son. Just, just like rubbing your back." <laughs> Man, he can't come up to me talking about any type of cream. I just walk in the other direction. Very, very <laughs> yeah, I avoid the cream at all costs. <laughs> I'm thinking that it's not Billy Ray's scene. You know what I'm saying? I'm just thinking it's not. I mean, I don't know him that well, but I'm just thinking, you know, it, it, it reminds me. And every time, I, every time I hear your name, Billy Ray, I always think of that character uh, that, uh, you know, uh, Eddie Murphy invented for Trading Places, right? Oh, yeah. I'm Billy Ray, 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 where he got it from. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful, man. I love that movie so much. And it's such a, like a, I mean, there are movies and Billy Ray, you could probably identify with this more, uh, that there's just ones that just, they, they capture like a perfect moment in time of that place too. Right. Where it's just like between those, those movies between coming to America and trading places. Um, and then also I want to throw out Ghostbusters too. The first Ghostbusters film, especially. Like what, watching what New York City is portrayed as, like the, what the culture's like, what oh, yeah. what life is like there. It's just it's it was amazing to watch growing up. Cross the creams, but Cross oddly, oddly enough, I'm old enough to have seen Trading Places in a movie theater, right? Oh, so, 
Yeah, I mean, and and I remember sitting there watching that and absolutely dying when he's sitting there going, and and the women ask me, Billy Ray, since you're so sexy, you know, I'm a very sexy man. <laughs> I'm a sexy man. I could have kicked his ass, but you know, I'm a peaceful I'm a man. Peaceful man. <laughs> and you know who produced that? Mr. Conspiracy Theorist himself, Aaron Russo. Aaron Russo right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, but that 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 is a film that could never ever be remade today and under any circumstances. I think they're trying to do it, man. I think they there I heard rumors that they're trying to remake it. Oh, it's gonna suck though. Yeah, they can't do the stuff they did there, you know. Well, they wouldn't they be able to include that you can work the stock market the way that they worked it. It makes it too obvious then. Right? Well, yeah. now that's boring. But what I'm saying yeah. is all the sidebar comedy that was there, like, you know, who is putting their cools out on my floor? <laughs> Jamie Lee showing her tits and all that. Yeah. And there's that. I mean, you know, oh man. There's there's just so much wrapped in that. I think it's just awesome. Anyway, you, you wanted an uplift. I wanted to remind people of an uplifting, just funny piece of uh, uh media out there. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Excellent film. Go watch it if you have it. If you have never seen Trading Places, you must. Fucking classic. And I, I think there was some 9-11 foretelling in it. Oh, yeah. I like I like those conversations, Billy Ray. I, I'm big into that. Um, but, but they said that it was in Back to the Future. Whatever, yeah. yeah, Back to the Future of the Matrix, they said as well. Well, the Matrix, Matrix sure. Matrix, he has his uh, license is actually expires on September 11, 2001. <laughs> is he paused right? Yeah, it does. Does and you know, but you could never get away with lines in a film ever again. See, jacuzzi, I know you all told me spaghetti. Right? <laughs> you could never get away with that. Got a lot of soul. <laughs> Thank you for that. Classic. They're awfully musical people, aren't they? <laughs> right. Oh, right. Yeah. All all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. The brother probably been stealing since they could crawl. All of that, right? They bet one dollar. Right. <laughs> Nothing beats him pulling the food out on the subway and everything and eating the hand, like the salmon or whatever it is, like right, like with the beard hair all up in it. <laughs> the Santa Claus beard in it. Yeah. Like when you want to explain to somebody what like the bad side of drinking looks like, <laughs> like, like here, let me paint this picture for you. <laughs> yeah, Dan <Lackroy. laughs> yep. now it says former WWE referee talks conspiracy theory that Vince McMahon never left says that Vince McMahon officially returned to WWE as executive chairman of the board earlier this month after leaving the company last July. His decision to retire followed multiple reports of him paying hush money to, again, you know, to former female empl employees um, in exchange for their silence. Nothing to see there regarding his inappropriate behavior. But with the news of McMahon officially returning to WWE, some are not completely sure that this is actually a true return. In his Monday night or in his Monday mailbag podcast, former longtime WWE referee under McMahon, Mike Chioda, uh, shared his thoughts on McMahon's recent return to power within WWE. People say, "Yeah, he's back," Chioda said. "I don't think he ever left. And if he didn't show up to the arenas, he was on a Zoom chat, probably with Hunter, Triple H, and everybody. Vince built an empire, a wrestling empire, entertainment, and it is his baby, you know," he says. Monday Night Raw is his baby. Vince McMahon has stated his intentions uh, regarding his return to WWE, saying that he plans to pursue a sale of the company. The list of potential buyers includes Disney, NBC Universal, Amazon, Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, and even AEW CEO Tony Khan and his father. 
Uh, McMahon's return has not gone completely smoothly, as there have been multiple changes in the company's power structure in the short time, such as former co-CEO Stephanie McMahon's choosing to resign from the company, with some expressing concern or displeasure regarding the possibility of a sale. Joe did not have much negative to say. He just says in quotes, I wish him the best, and if he sells the product, you know he sells it. All right. Now, I think this is our last one. I'll probably have to run back through them just to make sure I bookmarked everything. But this last one here from Pro Wrestling Stories, Vince McMahon, Fabulous Moolah, and the Wendy Richter screwjob. Long before Montreal, Vince McMahon was involved in another well-manipulated screwjob. In 1985, controversy occurred between then-champion Wendy Richter and the Spider, a.k.a. Fabulous Moolah, who was known to be a mistress. What transpired evolved into one of the biggest betrayals in wrestling. How Vince McMahon uh, screwed her over, it says in 1985, Wendy Richter was on top of the world, a two-time women's champion. She had become the face of the women's division, but following WrestleMania, she felt she was underpaid. And according to some sources, the main male stars of the show received huge paydays. Paul Orndorff, Orndorff sorry, uh, reportedly received, not Paula, he gets mad at that, Hurley received $20,000. I think he's dead. Maybe I have Richard Belson. I don't know. I think he's dead, though. Uh, Mr. T received $100,000. Roddy Piper, he's definitely dead, received $75,000. See uh, John Carpenter's They Live, if you've never seen it. It's amazing. I have bubble gum, and I'm all, and I screwed it up. Get it. Thank you, Chris. And good try, Chris. <laughs> yes. Thank you. And Hulk Hogan, who's been in some movies. But um, got between seventy-five thousand and a hundred thousand. Now Wendy Richter was paid five thousand, despite being a household name who had helped a lot with his uh, first MTV shows that led to WrestleMania. Her weekly average was about twenty-five hundred dollars before travel expenses. At the mm. brawl to end it all match against Moolah the year before, she had reportedly received only fifteen hundred dollars. Now what had happened was is that um, well a woman came out to the ring. That wasn't the woman that usually wears that masked gimmick. And it ended up being Mula. And in a crazy sort of roll-up pin with a fast count, um, it says it was supposed to be a match just like any other in the middle of the card. Wendy Richter was set to wrestle the spider, usually performed by wrestler Glenn Dean. Glenn Dean? All right. Oh, however, earlier in the evening, uh, something felt a bit off, a bit off for Richter. Uh, she had bumped into the fabulous Mula, which was strange. Mula typically only showed up on cards she was booked to work, and Mula wasn't booked to work this evening. And Richter also saw Glendine backstage, so she was thinking nothing of it, but that until she stepped into the ring and noticed that the spider had taken on a different form altogether, the form of an older, smaller woman. Now, in the end of it, and there is a quote from uh, Jesse Ventura, so drink, says, I've never seen her this aggressive and this flagrant about breaking the rules, Gorilla, and I love Gorilla. He says, well... There's a title on the line. You do whatever you can to hold on to it, I guess. And it's because they were getting kind of stiff with one another in the ring because it was known, apparently, that Mula liked to hurt people if she could. Yeah, kind of a sadist. Hmm. I ain't got time to bleed. Yeah, absolutely. And then it says... Um, I do wonder how much uh, Cindy Lauper got paid, though. Oh, yeah, I'm sure she did get paid. Yeah, probably. Mm. Probably okay. well. Yeah, I think he just took good care of the stars and then kept everybody on his payroll, like sort of, you know, desperate, willing to do anything for work and willing to work 5,000 days a year because <laughs> their yeah, schedule no, is true. fucking insane. 
It, it was. And, and the funny thing is, I'm not sure how much Ozzy Osbourne got paid to show up at that one WrestleMania with the British Bulldogs, but that was another weird sort of appearance where, you know, he was still integrating the uh, uh, rock star world into the wrestling stuff. So, yeah. Well, at least I've seen, I've seen the Ozzy show and he had a lot of dogs. So I'm sure him and Matilda got along well. I hope he didn't share any of his uh, party favors with her. Be leading to her untimely demise, you know. But bull, bulldogs have those nose issues, anyways. You don't want to, you don't want to see a bulldog do all that. Yeah, you don't want to sniff a whole line of ants or piss on the Alamo. You know what I mean? That's true. But in fairness, I think at that point, though, he didn't have all those little dogs that Sharon brought into the house quite yet. That was early '80s. You know, that was early '80s. Ozzy, he was still living on the bus. Yeah, he was still shooting at the cats in the on the farm, right? Well, I know he was living, they, they pretty much lived on the road, uh, trying to pay back Don Arden there during that time period. So, you know, and knowing what I know about Davy boy and, and dynamite, uh, Matilda was probably the most sober person in the room. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so, but, uh, I think we cover them all gentlemen. I'm going to, I'm going to go through each one and make sure that we got each one. I'm pretty sure we did. Uh, but uh, what do you all think? What are the what are the ones that you would want to check out more, look into more? Maybe the ones that that shocked you the most. What, what were they? Start signing off. Well, really quickly, the Benoit thing. I remember that in real time, yeah. uh, and that was like just totally bizarre. I mean, I always felt that it was just another case of uh, roid rage, you know. And there was a lot of that going on, a lot of cover ups. You know, and and the stuff that's kind of missed here, although it was briefly touched on, is the is the really bizarre business dealings that took place. That um, you know, you, you didn't bring up organized crime in any of this, and believe it or not, I know there's OC involvement in uh, world wrestling uh, stuff. Oh yeah, so, and going back to like Toots Lamont and those guys in New York, I I would not be shocked at all. Yeah, but there was a good reason why they kept going back to the broke down, you know, convention hall in Asbury Park in New Jersey. Uh, they continuously used that that venue, even though it wasn't super profitable. Well, at least it wasn't that profitable for Vince. Yeah. But when you got to do a favor for somebody, you do it. Yep. So, you know, and then later on, his very close relationship with uh, now the former president. Interesting stuff going on there. And that, that's actually where I met Donald Trump <laughs> is at a, uh, the bodybuilding event there in, in AC. So from one mafia to another one with probably less scruples. <laughs> it, it was very, very weird situation. Very, very strange situation. But uh, I, and I also knew guys that worked security for WWF and, you know, event security guys. We all, we all tend to know each other in certain areas. So a lot of strange stuff that I'm surprised never saw the light of day. Some of the weird stories I heard. You know, so oh, wow. it's actually amazing that you don't have, you know, the, the top 100 list here. Uh, you have any ones that he didn't mention that really stick out to you that you haven't heard anyone talk about? Well, there, I mean, there was a ton of incidents that, you know, were quieted down. If you, if you go ahead and search news archives, you can find lots of different sex scandals, uh, lots of different drug scandals where there were accusations and then people would recant. You know, they'd go to the local cops and things, and then they they decide they didn't see what they saw. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of that happened in the uh, in in the territory that Vince controlled, which was you know the Northeast. Um, and he very viciously destroyed any competitors that he thought were serious. You know, so the WCW stories and all that, 
Yeah. Totally, totally. Like, yeah, of course, you know. So, uh, but just saying, I guarantee there's a lot more to be unearthed. And there might be some wrestlers, you know, once they're fully retired, might <laughs> might totally spill the rest of the beans, I'm thinking, before they check out. You know what well, I mean? Well, that was one well, that honestly didn't make it for me. And it had some mafia ties, albeit Canadian, uh, is the mysterious death of Dino Bravo. But I, I really couldn't find anything con- like legitimately connecting it really with WWE or what could have happened like if he knew something about it. now obviously but what you mentioned though is that with somebody like bravo obviously on the sauce okay <laughs> famous for bench pressing 600 pounds at a pay-per-view um definitely definitely juicing a little bit wonder where he got that stuff from and like when he left the wwf because they didn't want guys like him anymore and he had to go back to working over guys for money um, for for the mafia and running cigarettes and legal t- you know the legal tobacco trade in Canada because of taxes you know thanks taxes always creating black markets bastards um, but um, you know that after taking to that sort of line of work that yeah they just found him with uh, seven in the head and like ten in the chest just to make sure that you know he didn't get up <laughs> from the couch but the other thing in the mix too which was a well known fact you know and then in the nineties is that a lot of these guys would wind up falling in with uh, different outlaw biker cliques. And, you know, everything from the Hells Angels to, like, uh, you know, just tell you bluntly that Bam Bam was very friendly with the breed. Uh, Ooh, and there man. were other guys uh, very friendly with different uh, different biker cliques, the Pagans, the breed, uh, Satan's Disciples. Um, I'm just saying, there, there, there's there's a lot more that could be unearthed. That's I haven't heard that in a long time, Satan's Disciples. Yeah, yeah those guys, uh, what, Detroit, right? Yes. Yeah, so you know, just saying that uh, as these guys traveled around and whatnot, look, they ended up with security at their uh, different events, and sometimes, uh, you know, this is how a biker might earn his money being a bouncer somewhere, right? Yeah. And again, I worked as a bouncer too. So you guys are welcome to join us on camera too. I I have the uh, screen back focused on uh, just us now instead of the articles, so you're welcome to jump on. Thank you, Billy Ray. You remember one of our earliest conversations, I think. I actually brought the idea of this special up to you uh, a while ago. Yeah. And do you remember what you had said? Do you remember? (laughs) Well, no, what had happened was I I agree with you just because I wasn't as familiar with wrestling as all of you guys are. Hmm. But you didn't, I think, and I could be wrong. I think you were saying how there wasn't really too many uh, conspiracies. In the wrestling like realm, but has this changed your mind? Like, no, I mean it's it's the fantastic, uh, right? You know, uh, and sensational conspiracy theories that people typically subscribe to, like like with Benoit, right? I mean, and that's the biggest one, right? That's the biggest conspiracy, in my opinion. It's the biggest uh, that's wrestling conspiracy. In the Billy Jack one with the boys on the tracks, those are the two that stuck out to me. I yeah. think I think Billy Jack Haynes is easier to discount because Billy Jack Haynes is a freaking maniac. Like he's out of yeah. his mind, right? So I mean, could he have seen this? Absolutely, but I mean, he he goes a long way to discredit himself. He's never but, produced a tape either. He's right? I mean, yeah. You know, I remember when that whole thing popped off, man, and I'm I was like, yo, I we got to talk to Billy Jack Haynes, and you know, I I I worked. Um, with Bill Apter, and I'll get to that, you know, with you did. Benoit stuff. Yeah, he, oh, that's, wow. 
for, for OneWrestling.com, I did I did work for them, him and 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 Big Ray Hernandez, who, who I'm still I still wow. work. Well, he's my friend. I, I still work with him. Right. Um, but but he introduced me to Bill uh, after and um he's the sweetest guy in the world bill like such a cool dude man um i got to go to his home um i i put on an ultimo dragon mask like a legit <laughs> dragon mask it was like for he has like a museum in wow. his home of uh of wrestling paraphernalia that wrestlers have given him throughout the years um i i had you know he has taz a, a taz singlet Rey mysterio um a mask but the ultimo dragon mask is what i what i gravitated to the most and right. he let me put it on um, but, but regardless, like, you know, we, we, um, we spoke about, uh, the Benoit thing a little bit, so I'll, I'll, I'll talk, I'll talk about that. But, um, yeah, yeah. as far as the, the, the sensational aspect of it with, with a Billy Jack Haynes, like I was, I wasn't too far away from him. You know, I, I and even Don, I remember talking with Don Jeffries and Don yeah. knows the family of, of the two kids or well, now they're all dead. Yeah, they just died in the last year. Yeah. Well, um, well, he knew them. God bless, right? And, and we were talking about Billy Jack Haynes, and we were, we were trying to find him. He was missing too during 2020. Who, Billy Jack Haynes? Yeah. Well, well, we 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 tried to to make contact with him, and it never worked out. Um, and and I'm I know several wrestlers that that are potentially connected to him, and it it never really worked out. You know, so it, it could have happened. It just never did for whatever reason. And, and like he never. He never really produced anything. The guy is all over the place. You know, he's uh, challenging Stone Cold Steve Austin to a fight. Like, it's, it, it was a lot of craziness. You know, uh, I used to like Billy Jack Haynes when I was a kid, you know, for, for like a hot second whenever he was in the WWE. But um, when that's the whole thing, the most sensational aspect of it, because I remember I, I, got, I got asked by Sam Tripoli to be on Tinfoil Hat to discuss this, you know, and, and um, uh, I, I, I think I said it on air. It's been, it's been a while since I did that episode, but I think I said like, it's like the big conspiracies. I, I don't know if, if they exist as far as the WWE goes. And, and uh, one of the ones that I did touch on was the, the twin towers one, right? The nine 11 one. I never because knew that one. That was yeah. weird as hell. Right. They, 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 uh, they said a lot of things that were echoed years later, you yeah. know, and it was, it was pretty weird, you know, so that's, that's something that you can touch on. But I, I what I said was like, the main thing we can take away from, like like a wrestling fan is 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 primed to to be able to decipher what's going on in the political world. Oh yeah, if we're meant down, for these times, dude. Right. We are meant if, for these times. <laughs> if you sit down and watch wrestling for for long enough, and and I watched it for the majority of my life, you Thanks know, sure. you start six six could could attest to this, or any 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 of you who Billy Ray. I don't want to cut you off, but yeah, six, can you put us on the full screen just because I, I can barely see Billy Ray right now. Oh, and um, I'm sure everyone in uh, Rumble will probably can't see either. Just because I, mm-hmm. I do have you on the. Floor. I didn't mean to cut you off, Billy Ray. Oh no, I, good, let me do this. Stop screen sharing. There you go. You should. There you go. There we go. Sorry about that. Yeah, but I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning Skype sort of as we go along because uh, Brave Talk <laughs> yeah. took a poop earlier. Although I did figure out I'm not being targeted by Stripe. It's just they change their terms, and if you don't have all of your tax ID stuff in there, they'll just oh. shut off your payments because that's convenient. <laughs> but, Chris, uh, what was I saying, bro? What was I? You were told, well, you're talking about the you're on Sam Tripoli, and you had brought up the idea, the fact that um, it didn't really seem like there were too many conspiracies. All right. In the wrestling realm. So, so, then, so the, the yeah. one thing that I did bring up was was uh, the 9/11 one. Right. Well, the, the 9/11 one, but the parallels between um politics and and conspiracy, and uh, and how if 
if you've watched it for long enough, and that's what that's where I was, like it, number six can definitely attest, right? Like if you if you watch it for long enough, you're gonna know what's gonna happen. Right yes. now, if, if you're good enough at looking at you, you're gonna pick what's gonna happen. And I was really good at, well, this guy's gonna be champion. This guy's gonna so so I I pointed that out because it was kind of like you can do that with politics. It's like a Bill Cooper type thing, just looking at the trends and what's in the news. Same thing. Stuff. So well, yeah. you're understanding their motivations to do so. Because in the wrestling right. storytelling, like they they tell you like why somebody's after somebody. Like if they're legit, like you're putting emphasis on the belt or any type of emotional like this wrestler stole my girl type of uh, you know angle is, is that you know you you start to figure out what motivates people and that it's that's yeah. extremely important in life in general like when you're dealing right. with people like uh, if you have any type of profession when you're dealing with the general public like if you're trying to sell somebody on 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 something or you're trying to assist somebody in something you're trying to figure out how they feel i think wrestling is extremely helpful yeah. in that and also putting it in front of an audience like with what we all do with you know using our voices and and creating content like this and, and we perform essentially you know in front of people each week yeah. on our shows but you know right. with with wrestling man you're out in front of a live crowd they'll eat you alive if you suck they'll what you you know you'll be in the middle of a line and they'll be like what and the like cause stone cold started that and then I'll, now everybody gets it if you if you're just even says ballet with violence oh absolutely yeah. Absolutely, and, and and you were you were able to pick like you knew the Ultimate Warrior was going to win the WWE title, mm -hmm. right? It was a foregone conclusion, right? When when Ric Flair came in, you knew that he was going to win the Royal Rumble, and and become WWE champion. You just knew that. I was a kid, and I knew that was going to happen. Royal Rumble ninety two right? is amazing. Yeah, that was that's my favorite Royal Rumble of all yeah. time. Right? Oh yeah, so. Um, <laughs> You you knew The Rock was going to be the WWE champ, and I always compare The Rock to Barack Obama. You knew Barack Obama was going to be the president of the United States at the yeah. Democratic uh, convention when he get the, when he gave the, the keynote speech. Yeah. That guy's going to be the president. I remember saying it. I was, that they're pushing him, and 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 not only are they, and that's the term in professional wrestling when they want to put somebody in the forefront, yeah. right? And, and, and that's what they did with Barack Obama. And Barack Obama had the, the right promo skills, right? He can talk. Oh, yeah. He has incredible charisma. So he got up there and did it. Donald Trump was the same way. I didn't see Donald Trump becoming president. But yeah, damn, right? yeah. He can cut a promo like nobody's business, right? Like he, he is he's the heel. The yeah, he's the heel. Right? <laughs> and, and he knows how to manipulate a crowd. But more importantly, he knows what to give them what they want. He knows what to give them what they want to hear. And that's why his base loves him so much. Because he he knows how to deliver this stuff. He's he's a he's a dope WWE Hall of Famer. So I, I found like that was the most interesting thing about professional wrestling. You can make so many parallels, and and if if you watch it, it's a it's a crash course in real world politics, right? Straight up and down. It's it, you you get to see what's going to happen before it happens, pretty much. If if you know what's going on in in professional wrestling, so that's what I. So as far as the more sensational one, so so back to the Benoit one. If you don't yeah, mind, six, yeah, am, right. I, am I good, Six? No, man, you're good, dude. Let's roll. So, so, Let's do it. But no back to no the pun intended with the 9-11 stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, yeah. So, like, with, with the Benoit thing, it was, and, and, dude, I was into it. I'm like, yo, first off, like, I was sitting there like, I can't believe this happened, for one. But second, I re um, woman, which is uh, Nancy Benoit, right? She was woman in WCW and in ECW. 
Correct. She was uh, she was married to Kevin Sullivan, right? He was oh, yeah. the Taskmaster, mm-hmm. right? And, and his whole gimmick was that he was uh, uh he had the Dungeon of Doom, and and he was a, a, a satanic pagan devil worshiper. Yeah, he right? never used and, Satan in general. He he would just yeah. make up Dembella and like all these yeah. other things, but all all, all definitely like um like when it came to the satanic panic, he rode that shit. Like it was right. a fucking like one of those horses. Sound like you're quoting Chucky. Sound like you're quoting Chucky with the voodoo. Dumbala. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if you watch his promos, it is that. I'd like to see what came first, the chicken or the egg, on that one, because they may have ripped a little bit of Kevin Sullivan and Chucky. It's yeah, possible. Child's Play, 1988. Yeah, it was the whole thing where he. Ooh, put his it was soul definitely before '88, I believe. So yeah, maybe somebody did watch some Kevin Sullivan as part of the production <laughs> crew or whatever. The possible. They were, you know, they were wrestling fans, and and this dude. So 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 from that it, it's it's it uh it's you know a whole story weaved that um this was payback yep. because Chris Benoit took his wife literally took it there was an angle oh, yeah. yep. and then he ended up taking his wife in real life yeah and Kevin was Booker and set it all up right. too which is really right. crazy like you you came up with this idea and you lost your wife in this idea boy you need to go back to the drawing board <laughs> like, right so so um um it, it went wild. Um, through and and back then it was it was harder um to get at a well it's really hard now if you go to YouTube and stuff but that's because of what happened at one point these conspiracies were so accessible yeah you know uh, to 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 get but at, at that point it was a little bit harder to to research some of this stuff and I remember trying to find um you know whether Kevin Sullivan was really a Satanist or not and I, I didn't what well, people thought that he was and that he you know. He performed a ritual and was responsible for killing Chris Benoit and his family as a result. You know, but, but uh, it's since it's since come out that he was never a, a, a paganist or a Satanist. I mean, that's what he says, if if I remember correctly. Yeah. You know, um, but but um, but that was the conspiracy theory. And that's what I mean, like sensational conspiracy theories like that, like my, like many conspiracy theories in general. Like the Kurt Cobain thing only with music. Right. But there's some teeth to that. You know, we, we can sit down and really discuss that. As for the other stuff is just, you know, speculation. And, and it, right. And, and it's cool to speculate. It's fine to speculate as long as you call it that. Um, uh, a lot of people just say, like, this is what happened, you know. And, um, so I, I couldn't go on. And, and, and I got hit up. That's what I was telling Chris. We were talking off the air. After I did that episode, I got hit up so many times by so many people to come on and, and talk about conspiracies yeah. and pro wrestling. And I would always tell them, I'm like, listen, man, I'll come on and, and, and talk. You know, it's, a, it's an honor for you to ask me. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. But there's no really consp- there's no real conspiracies, in prof- not the type that you're looking for. You know, so six did a good job at at uh, laying yeah. out 30. I don't even know how you did that six. I, I'd, have, I'd have bailed. I'd have been like, hey, listen. Here are 30 of them. Go look at them up. Go look them up if you want. We're going to talk about these three. I would have had the Andy Kaufman and Jerry Lawler like uh, right. in cahoots, and that would, would have been it for me. Yeah, they were. Well, they were, right? You know, but um, but yeah, like 30 conspiracy. Th- and, you know, the Montreal screw, screw job, that's something we can talk about. That's a real conspiracy yeah. theory, right? And, and But it's not it's not sensational. You know, it's, it's, it's something legit. You know, so the, the stuff like that we can discuss. Um, uh, the, the, the Ring Boy scandal. That's legit. That has teeth. That's it. Actually, if, if you guys want to talk to somebody that knows it in, in and out, John Brissom, who's a big wrestling fan, Ooh. he knows it in and out like 10 times better than I can do for you. 
So uh, that's a guy to, to It was with. so sad for me, dude, because like I've been watching a lot of there there there's still channels that get away with it somehow, but they they rip these old shows from from WWF past uh, shows from mm-hmm. like the the Boston Garden, Chris. Man, you would love to see some of this oh. stuff from the Boston Garden back in the eighties, like eighty six to eighty eight, like in that era, dude. Like all the and they include some of the commercials in them too. And like when you hear that stuff, and it's That's just like so dope. I feel like you know it's like we're in demolition man times where like I'm happy to hear fucking commercials, but I'm just like I hear old commercials. I'm like, yeah. Well, they're different than what commercials are now. Yeah, there's there's the MSG ones too. You know. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. The MS yeah. MSG Network when it was around used to play a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yep. and, and not the yeah. stuff in the Kung Fu Chicken, right? Uh, we're talking no, no, about no, no. Madison it's, Square Garden. Yeah. yeah. No, no, Madison Square Garden, and and they used to do uh, live wrestling every week from yeah, Madison yeah. Square Garden. I have. I'm sorry to cut you off, Chucky. I, I have. Um, videotapes that I, I won't throw out, right? Like my wife is like, get rid of those things for years and years and years, but I won't throw them out. Um that I, I used to video I used to record old school ECW. Oh so, yeah. So now if 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 you remember if you see ECW now it's completely different. It, it mm-hmm. it's lost a lot of its appeal in large part because of the music that they play. I, I the music is a big deal for me as you know yes. Chris. So I have I have the originals, you know, when when Rob Van Dam would walk to the ring to to uh, walk, it's Pantera, mm-hmm. you know, and and yes, and yes. slipped the hell out, man. I mean, it was or the Sandman used to come out to Enter Sandman, you know. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Candido would come out to Back in Black, right? Tommy and Dreamer came out to Man in the Box, Man in the Box, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, and he was the tortured well, one too. Yeah, Tommy well, Dreamer. He was the baby face. Allison Chains, Man in the Box. Yeah, yeah he yeah, came yeah. out to Man in the Box. Oh my. And uh, and um, I'll, I'll we'll have leaving. to send you some videos, Chris. We're gonna make we're gonna make you a big wrestling too. fan by the end of all this. <laughs> I had I had Madison Square Garden. I had a videotape, and it might still exist in my New Jersey stash. Dope stuff of uh, the night that Bob Backlund was supposed to wrestle the Iron Sheik, and who came out? Hulk Hogan. Ah uh, man, that's the day I became a, a wrestling fan. Yep. Right, so yep. that January twenty third, nineteen eighty four. Because I, I watched I watched it the other night. I watched. I was four years old, and and I, I had to stay up to watch it. Um, my aunt let me stay up because I. All right, so my wife, my 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 mother used to work really late, and my aunt used to let me do whatever the hell I wanted. So I would stay up all all, all hours of the night, and we used to watch uh, a wrestling on Channel Forty Seven. It wasn't Spanish, but it was the WWE of WWF at the time. And I remember seeing that that I fell in love with Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan is probably my favorite of all time. Um, uh, gotta give it to him, dude. Like he just incredible. He, I watched stuff from '83 before that, and like yeah. you recognize some of the people. Like you see the Snookas, and, yeah. and I was familiar with Backlund more from the '90s when they turned him into a psychopath, uh-huh. which really so worked for to- him. Because when you right. watch old Backlund promos, I feel like I drank a bottle of fucking Nyquil. <laughs> like, yeah, right. like he's so just like I'm gonna get the belt and I'm gonna put it on my waist, and yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. what you do with the belt. And I was just like, okay. And then Hulk Hogan's just like, I'm gonna fucking. He just comes out of southern. Yeah, yeah. The 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 most incredible charisma I've ever seen in a wrestler. Only the Rock. Only the Rock. Yeah. Can you you? He didn't have to urinagi anybody. He could have just cut promos all night and people to threw money at him. He didn't have to wrestle. Yeah, that was the one that you left off. Actually, the Rock. The Rock exactly. being the president of the United States—that's going to happen. No, no, <laughs> that's what you mean. He's—he's going to win. 
The Rock was the first one of the first civilians to find out about the Osama bin Laden death, or at least his third death, whatever that raid was in Pakistan. Wait, I remember because he came out and tweeted it. Right, it was like hours before the whole thing with Obama announcing it and everything. Yeah, yeah. And I always wondered about that. That's freaking nuts. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. I would have to put together like a Budweiser or whatever it was, like what's up, like type of skit where it's Obama calling the rock and saying, (laughs) What up? Guess what I did? Killed Osama. What? Someone told him. Someone told him. (laughs) Plays it. Now they keep, I sent this to one of these to six the other day. They did the the AI voice of of (laughs) Joe Biden, but they they have Joe Biden and Donald Trump and and Barack Obama together playing Minecraft. Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah, those so, are great. Those are but, those but, are very good. But um, but yeah, like I mean, Chuck, we should think about uh uh, uh having a pirate wrestling uh, channel and and airing these things again. I have them; they're in the closet. I, I I'd love to I'd love to air them on television and get banned after a while. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like like um, with 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 the whole Benoit situation, just to circle back, mm-hmm. um, I, I talked to Bill after about it because I remember and because he was like, oh, Billy. You're into conspiracy theories. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I think I was just starting the fringe at the time or something like, and, and he was like, um, oh man, I'm into conspiracy theories. And we started discussing a lot of it. And, and then, um, and he was telling me, I, but I, I think is because Bill after actually has connections with these wrestlers. There are friends of his, you know, it's beyond like he's interviewing them. There are, they, they respect the hell out of them and they're friends of his like literal friends. So I think he hadn't, a connection with Chris Benoit and yeah. he, he couldn't believe that Chris Benoit would do something like that. Right. So, so th- that's where all of that came from, you know, and, and, and Bill really believes it like this. He's that, not, was a hit, that was a hit job. Yeah. He really, yeah. He, he totally believes that. Um, well, that happens all the time. Too, I forget. Um, what was Vince Russo? Okay. So, so the guys that I do podcast, well, Stevie Richards from the, the BWO and Ben Hameen from you know, conspiracy horseman and, they work directly with Vince Russo now, you oh. know, um, um, I, I've never gone over there. I've never worked with Vince, uh, but, um, but from what they tell me, that's a bunch of bullshit too, that he went over there to, to destroy WCW. That's, that's nonsense, according to what, you know, they've told me. And they say that Vince Russo's the best guy ever too. So yeah, I didn't and think it, that was very plausible. I mean, you could be subjective about, you know, what, you know, Vince, Russo really meant to wrestling or whatever and how he changed, you know, storylines and who got storylines to like, not everybody used to be like in a big angle or something like that, or in a, in a click or in some sort of stable. Right. But right. sometimes they wrote stuff down on a legal pad, you know, an hour before the show. And you know, that was the storyline. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it just was, but, and, and that's the thing about this world is, is, you know, you got to remember that part of this is helped out by the legend, Right. You know, why was it a big deal? Like I mentioned Ozzy Osbourne before, right? He lived off of the legend that he's some kind of devil worshiper. You know what I mean? And this is what goes on with the wrestling world, too, is that a lot of this helps them with their promotion. The mystique. Is this really a voodoo guy? Remember uh, Papa Shango and stuff like that? Right, right, right. I even think the rappers with the Illuminati crap is like a part of a marketing thing too, personally. Well, on one level, you know what? I I don't want to necessarily go there right away, but seriously, a lot of the legend and a lot of the the static that gets built up around this, a guy like McMahon 
learned early how to make that work. You know what I mean? There's a certain point at which he took, you know, all the stuff that his father did, right? And he ran with it. But then he started to learn how to work with it. I mean, like satanic panic. I, I often have arguments with people about this where it's like, yeah, there was some real stuff going on. And in some cases, it's people mimicking crap because they're now mimicking stuff they heard about's going on. Right. You know what I mean? Like you, you let the legend snowball and it keeps people talking about it. It adds to the mystique. Is this really a, a, a wild man? Like I remember in the seventies, there was this, uh, uh, Lou Albano. I'm sure everybody recognizes Lou Albano. Right? Yeah. Cindy Lauper, right? Yep. Well, he ends up with the Cindy Lauper thing, but in the seventies, yeah. he wow. had this group of guys called the moon dogs. Oh, oh yeah. Right. And the moon dogs, they, they didn't talk. They didn't, they didn't know how to behave. They were like dogs and he would beat them with a belt. <laughs> I'm not kidding. He would beat them with I a belt. Remember. In front of people. Yeah. Was that Luna, Luna Vachon's father? No, it was mad moon dog Vachon. Yeah. Mad dog. Vichon. Yeah. Mad dog. Vichon. No, these guys were the moon dogs. Right. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, but they, they, they were, they were a long time wrestling stable. Like there was like some core members and then they brought in a lot of other people and i met I, one of the other people at a convention one time who's pretty cool <laughs> yeah the, the original two guys i think were like they they their stage names were rex and spot or something yeah like yeah that. yeah you got it and and then they started bringing in these other guys and you know they it got goofy after a little while it's like here's fido <laughs> and like it was like just another guy with a beard looked like he was dirty and that was about it. Just remember Lou Albano or Albano, however you pronounce it. He played Super Mario in the, the live action segments that of the cartoon. cartoon. Right. Yeah. Right. No, he, he got a, he got a, a bunch of side careers out of it, but for he years, a mainstream he, star. Yeah. For years and years he, he had, you know, but he had a stable of bizarre guys. I mean, you remember a guy like George, the animal steel, right. And his yeah. whole gimmick yeah. was you eat the, the, the turnbuckle and, he had a green tongue and all that, right? And mine. But these guys would, uh, it, it was a legend built around it. It's like, oh, you know, that guy's really crazy. Right. You know what I mean? That guy is really like slick. That guy's really a pimp, <laughs> right? That's what he does when he's not doing wrestling. That wasn't what he did. He was just a regular dude. Yeah. Are you sure? Because mm -hmm. to this day. I think he he's just the coolest guy on the planet. And, and he must have been. I mean, uh, he, he had to have been everything he says he, he was. He can't, no. he can't sing a song like that and be faking it. Bro, I had, to, I had to help him out in Asbury Park when people were throwing uh, uh, ice balls at him, all right? So right. I'm just saying personally, straight up. <laughs> Thank you for ruining it for me, Chuck. That is something that's changed in wrestling crowds over the years is that uh, there. He's a cool guy. He was a cool guy, though. Not, not as much of the, I mean, you still see hecklers and people like that and an occasional, uh, I don't want to say bad words about people, but um, a special person. Jumps mm -hmm. into the ring, and then they usually get their head kicked in. Um, a, a Eugene, if we will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, look, but there, but there are, you know what? There's still some independent stuff that goes on. I don't know if you remember uh, the, the guy that went viral a couple of years back. I had him on my show, uh, Daniel Richards, the guy they called him the progressive liberal. Oh, yeah. All right. So he was viral for a minute. He's part of still, there's a couple of independent wrestling territories out there that, you know, there's still guys in a crowd willing to believe in it so much that they're, they're throwing beer bottles at these guys. Right. I mean, straight up it, it's there's it's still the barbed wire people like jumping into dumpsters with barbed wire. And oh, that's shit, CZW. Like yeah. Oh. CZW is no, pretty no, no. wild. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about 
the independent Appalachian, look it up, the Appalachian, it's something Appalachian wrestling. Right. And they're like in Kentucky and uh, uh, Alabama and j just like this one slim territory that where that guy comes from, right? And it's still, you know, they hold their events like like the WWF did at a certain point. They used to hold their events in high schools and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, right? The American right. Legion Hall is holding the wrestling event, this kind of thing. Right. And wow. it still goes on. But uh, but the mystique that builds around these guys when they became massive, you know, pieces of entertainment, it's like there's the real guy and then there's this act. You the know legend. what I'm saying? Yeah, the legend. It's like I'm I'm real sorry about 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 talking to you about Akeem like that. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, but 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 Mr. Gray was an interesting man. Uh, anyhow, I, I passed you a link there, six. You can include with the reference. Yes, I did. I, I included on this week's source list. So you telling me that Marilyn Manson didn't take out one of his ribs just so he could perform a certain act on himself? Is that what you're telling me? You know, I don't know that. I I know that that, that uh, was a thing. That was a thing back in the day. I remember. I, I, I know, swear that was legit. a cornet bit recently about um, Lenny Poffo. Really? Uh, no, Lenny Poffo, uh, the the genius as he was known in WWF. Um, it was yeah. reported by Jim Cornette on his show that Lenny had a special backstage trick that he would do. Very oh similar to uh, if you've ever seen man. Tools and you ever taken Tools Anemia and switch out yeah. the uh, the booklet in the CD thing and yeah. make it go up and down. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that guy. That that's that's what Lenny Poff oh is to do. Apparently, God, well, rest in peace. Must, yeah. must be where uh, Mar uh, Marilyn Manson got it from. Then instead, I wow. Cornette said it was more of a flexibility thing than a, a length thing. So if that makes you <laughs> feel any better, you know, no, it doesn't at all, but yeah. What about any of that is supposed to make Chris feel better? I know. Like, what? <laughs> what I mean, no, nobody likes failing at their goals. I'm just saying. <laughs> all right. Look, well, that now, was never a goal. <laughs> now we're getting into a conspiracy theory. I don't want to theorize about no, <laughs> no. I don't want to think about so so who goes over gentlemen what would you say like uh billy ray would yours be the the benoit or would it be something uh, it's it's either benoit or billy jack haynes man or, or i guess we can we can uh, a special honor honorable mention to to the the vince trump connection good lord i mean talk about uh just complete like the worst human beings on the planet man like vince mcmahon joins him they, they're just <laughs> awful awful people it it made it makes me not want to watch sometimes because i'm like i'm supporting this piece of film yeah um you know um but I, i'm such a wrestling fan since i was a kid you know i remember v meeting vince a couple of times and i was like oh my god vince man you know um wow. and i'm what like oh what was he like to you was he kind of like I met Harvey Weinstein. He was a douche right off the bat. <laughs> I'd hate to follow him on a T-bar row machine. That dude rows like 300 pounds and he's 70 years old. And then I come up here and I'm like, trying to lift okay. shit. <laughs> but, 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 no, but I mean, the thing with Harvey, though, he would give you a half-assed hello like you were beneath him. And I, all I was doing was saying, yeah, I respect your work because he, uh, he helped Quentin Tarantino and Kevin right. Smith get the start. You should have been talking to Harvey Wimpleman instead. He would have taken better care of you. Harvey Chris, so. Chris, it might be you though. I mean, you're one of the only guys I know with a terrible Tom Brady story. <laughs> yeah, he treated me like garbage. Really? Yeah. Man. I heard he's super one. cool. Yeah. But, but yeah, man, it's 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 Benoit, right? It has to be Benoit. That one in Billy Jack, yeah, definitely. 
Well, in, in real time, the Benoit thing was just so ugly, so crazy. Yeah. And just, I mean, it just, it, it was like just drenched in ugly. You know, no matter how you come down on this, whether it's a hit or the guy just had roid rage or, you know, and you got a, a, another reoccurring problem here where, you know, in, in the case of like Lawler and his son, right? Yeah. Dealing with suicide in a family, man, there is about eight, eight, 89 degrees of denial always with it, you know? True. Uh, yeah. Cause, and, and, I, and I'm speaking from experience, right? God bless you. This is, you know, everybody's got a story. I mean, yeah. to the point where I had to investigate my father's death and, and, and come down on it because I had his sisters telling me he was murdered. I had, you know, all kinds of weird this and that about, you know, well, we heard this, we heard that. I mean, you wouldn't believe it. It it it, it is endless the way people want to shift the story when something that shouldn't have happened in their mind happens. And uh, the Benoit story, I mean, no matter how you slice it, it's a whole lot of ugly. It's a whole lot of terrible, right? So, you know, that's the one that's probably the the the, the biggest, deepest thing because. You know, where can you get the truth from unless you were there, unless somebody's got, you know, video of what happened, which, by the way, there was rumors that there was video, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I mean, am I, I don't know. Guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm bugging or whatever, but I remember seeing pictures of the inside of that house, right? That that did. Yeah, come yeah, yeah. There was, yeah. There was and blood yeah. and stuff all over. the. I remember that to, to a certain degree. Um, the Owen Hart one is interesting. I, I I don't think oh, that's that's a real conspiracy theory. You but. took it right out of my. I was just gonna. <laughs> yeah, no, there is a conspiracy there, Billy Ray. I'll tell you. You tell me. Go ahead. Tell they 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 claim that there was not footage of his actual death. Well, like there the, certainly was. No, but I mean, a lot of people had claimed it was just what was went out live, like uh, yeah. where the camera was. They had multiple cameras, and they had to put that stuff in a vault in yeah. Connecticut. Well, see, conspiracy toward the cover-up is one thing, but right. on the other hand, you know what? If you're going to off somebody, I don't know that I would look to benefit by doing it live on. Well, you know, I'm not saying that that was the conspiracy. The conspiracy was that there weren't other cameras that actually show him hit the side of the bar or whatever it was. Like, yeah, but that's school. but that's almost reasonable conspiracy. Like, that's we don't, it's like a yeah. TWA 800 thing where you can understand if it was a screw up or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you just don't want the world to see this because right, I, yeah, right. No, so, but but there was also a backstory with the the Hart family that there was some weirdness with them and uh, Vince McMahon, but it, not really conspiracy type stuff, more just uh, ugliness type stuff. I oh, think yeah, between Brett and yeah, yeah, consistent thing. Yeah, consistent thing with McMahon is this: there's a lot of ugliness because the guy is is really rough on the people he works with. He does, you know, for a long time, he didn't want to pay nobody. <laughs> you know, I mean, Wendy Richter's complaining, but believe me, think about those <laughs> low budget figures when he's taking in, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars millions, off right. of names off of their bodies, their blood, their sweat. And he's going, yeah, here's 10 grand for you. I mean, really, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they weren't paying them hardly anything. These people that were destroying themselves doing this. This, you this, wouldn't this. let them trademark their own name too, and luckily uh, Jesse Ventura already had already trademarked it, and Vince was like, "God, yeah. <laughs> you know." It is <laughs> odd seeing him lose in that case too. That the the guy that's known for like, if you sign with him, he's going to give you a new name so he can trademark it, so he can make money off you, regardless if you're alive or dead or whatever you end up doing with the rest of your career. 
and then he's the one that loses in a case like that. I bet you he was pissed. He was, yeah, I remember. And then uh, Jesse also, uh, Hulk Hogan was. Uh, you're not gonna like this, Billy Ray, but I, I had heard the story that uh, Jesse was trying to unionize everyone. Oh, I know this. This is fact. You remember that? And uh, Hulk that Hogan went behind uh, yeah. Jesse's back to tell Vince, and that the only way that um, that's called Jesse stooging. found out. Well, the only way he found out was in court when Hulk Hogan had to testify that yeah. he was the guy that uh, went behind Jesse's back. And they thought that he thought that they were friends and stuff. So it was like yeah. the ultimate, like stabbing in the back. And he just wanted everyone to have retirements and, and health insurance and things. I, I had to come to terms with, with, with the Hulk Hogan thing. Like I've, I've never really had a heroes in my life. I did. It's not a thing. Hulk Hogan was my hero. I loved him legit. Like I was in love with Hulk Hogan. He was like everything. I wanted to be Hulk Hogan. When when uh, when uh, earthquake sat on him, I, I I thought he was dead. I started crying. Oh. You know, like it was it was that type of deal. You know, and so I had to come to terms with Terry Bollea being not so not not even close to what Hulk Hogan was supposed to be. Mm, right. You know, right. so so that, that that's something I have to work out in my head, and I I, I didn't get to see. We didn't have any money growing up, so I, I had to, um, when I got a job, I finally got to go to live events on, on my own dime. I was yeah. about 16 or 17. I didn't get to see Hulk Hogan live until I was 22 years old, you know, and, and, and he came to, to uh, the garden as Mr. America. Yeah. He had a mask on. Uh, I freaking lost. Was that when he teamed up with like Jay Leno, like Hollywood Hogan? I don't remember. This is after that. This is after that, yeah. yeah. What, what, I, like they were the machines, right? I remember the that was back in the eighties. Oh yeah, I, I collect masks. I'm a I'm a freaking dork, guys. Okay, I'm, I'm I love I am, the mask collection. Though. Dude, I That's like superheroes. Awesome. You're not a dork. That's I, awesome. I am. I am a dork. I, I have about thirteen, uh, 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 wrestling belts, like legit wrestling belts. Uh, most importantly, the IWGP Heavyweight Title. It was a gift. It was beautiful. This thing is heavy as fuck. Wow. I have thirteen of them. I, I have. Dude, I, have, I got the I got the flux capacitor tattoo right here. Yeah, I don't so we're, we're, we're measuring our geekdom. Nerd love. Nerd love. <laughs> Back no, to the tell future. Me, tell me you have something. Tell me you have something to, uh, having to do with demolition, dude. Uh, I don't. Um, I, I don't have the demolition ones. But to your point, um, the machines. You just go to a bondage mass, shop for those. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been I've been thinking about adding that to my collection for a long time. And thank you for bringing that to my to my. Attention again. I'm going to go out and buy a machine. I, I loved the machines. It was Hulk Hogan yeah. and Andre the Giant. I didn't know that at the time. And Billy like, oh Eadie from The Demolition. You know, these yeah. guys are great. Yeah, Billy Eadie from The Demolition. Axe. Yeah, um, yeah he, he was uh, part of that too. Um, I forget who else was. There was, there yeah, was another that, guy. You know, I, I, I fell in love with Hogan and Andre. Oh, absolutely. That, that, that was that the other well. weird thing too. That guy, uh, Daniel yeah. Richards that I brought up, the progressive liberal guy, you know, his mentor was, is, is the guy who was Axe. Oh yeah, Bill Eadie, yeah. Bill Eadie yeah. is amazing. Um, you know, between Demolition and then the, he was also the masked superstar. So he mm. came out as the masked superstar. Um, do you have a Mr. Wrestling 2 mask, Billy Ray? That's I that's, don't. I, that would, that I would have, be a cool old school one to check out. Yeah. I have a lot of Mexican wrestlers. Oh, oh. yes. Who who uh, you got um Hoovitude, Hoovitude Guerrero. Psychosis was one of my favorites. Psychosis. Dude. Yeah, Psychosis was great. I have Psychosis, I have Octagon, I have Atlantis, uh Blue Demon, uh El Santo, right? Um No Curry, no Curry Man. 
<laughs> Yo, dude. <laughs> He's hot. He's spicy. I remember Carrie Man. I don't have that, but I'm probably going to add that at some point. Um, it, it, I love Shark Boy, man. Shark Boy brought it back for me a little bit because, Shark like, Boy. at the time, like everything was so hyper realistic, and then you had Shark Boy come in, like pretending to bite somebody on the ass with his mask <laughs> on, you know? Oh my god! Right, right, right. <laughs> to get back a bit, you know. So, um, I I don't even know how we got into this part of the yeah. conversation, but I, but oh. I, I am a machines, machines, yeah, yeah. Hulk machines. Oh my machines. god! Oh, so Hulk Hogan was your hero. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and I didn't get to see him until he was Mr. America. And I and I, I lost my mind. My 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 girlfriend at the time, who is my wife now, stood next to me and watched me lose my mind like like a little boy. Cause I was like, oh my God, it's Hulk Hogan. And and I go to Florida every year for the last, I don't know, six years or something, maybe longer. And and I go to Hogan's beach beach shop. I was gonna say you got to the beach shop. Yeah, in, in hopes of seeing him one day. But I understand that he's not the best human being, right? Well, who, who is? Well, the guy that runs the shop apparently is has like a mouth on Twitter and like Cornette always shits on him. Theory. So you'd, you'd probably love him, you know? <laughs> he probably throws bombs, dude. Theory. Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Um, but uh, but I, I realized, so I had to come to terms with that, you know, with Hogan not being like the the best of guys or whatever, even though he's he's kind of come around and- I heard he's, he's paralyzed Christ. now. I heard he's legit oh, paralyzed after a back surgery. Yeah, he can, he can walk. He can still walk. He's just walking very gingerly. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's all. Yeah. But I, I want to see him before you know he departs because you never know nowadays. You know, uh, so. Well, but that, 70s, yeah. that was my dude, man. He's still. He's. I still. There's never. There. There hasn't. Well, there has been. Uh, Stone Cold and The Rock have have done that. But, but uh, the Hulkamania pops, man. At, at the height of Hulkamania, it's not like it. Nothing. It like hurt yeah. my ears the other night and I was sitting in my living room, dude. I was just like, <laughs> he came on and that crowd just lit up. Oh, like they man. went nuts. Yeah. And just like they were, they were chanting other matches that were just like more of the technical, you know, early eighties type of matches, like back in 84 era and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, they, they were just chanting boring. <laughs> it was Philadelphia crowds too. Notorious for being <laughs> like the crowd's the biggest heel. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you know, but they boo Santa Claus. They give no fucks. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was just, it, it was so crazy, like hearing his introduction and him coming out to Eye of the Tiger. But what also oh. blew my mind is seeing him in all white. It, <gasps> it was, it was stunning. I was just like, he doesn't even look like him. And then just like with like the, the color balance of shit from that era too, like he was so bronzed that when he took his white shirt off, his lower back disappears because he's right. so dark. <laughs> like on yeah. the screen, yeah. like he blends in with the the dark colors in the background of the crowd and stuff. But I yeah. remember sitting in a movie theater in 1991 to watch him opposite Doc Brown himself, Christopher Lloyd, in the movie Suburban Commando. Now, I don't remember that movie. You don't remember that? I mean, I know the movie, face. but I don't remember any of it. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. See now, and and I remember going to the uh, going to watch a closed circuit TV, right? Some of the money I had to spend, I I I went and paid to go watch a WrestleMania on closed circuit TV, and that's the one where uh, Hogan slams Andre. That's wow. that's three WrestleMania three, that's but I, I have all the respect in the world for you for doing that. I I, I I respect you even more now, sir, for 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 doing that. I wish I wish I was old enough to do that at the time. 
They no. projected it on a screen at Freehold High School in New Jersey. That's okay. fantastic. I wish they would do that now. I would go watch somewhere just because, you know. Just that, that would be a Neuralink lore for me. It's just like you can just go back and watch any type of wrestling <laughs> match in person. We just need to put this chip in your brain. I'd be like, Dude, fuck happening, yeah. Hype. Disney's going to buy the WWE. Yeah, and in, in in Hollywood studios, they're gonna have the WWE World or Land or something, and yeah. and they're gonna have holograms, and people are gonna sit down and watch all of these matches. It's it's gonna happen. Like Tupac and Kurt Cobain gonna sing together and rap together, and John Lennon's gonna play guitar behind them and everything. That's gonna be dope too. Uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> sit down and watch that. I want new artists though. You it's never going to happen. Let's get over I, it, Chris. It's not right, over, over, when it comes over. to cinematic masterpieces, Chris, you must see No Holds Barred. That's, yes. That's, I, that was his first. No, that was his first starring role after star- Thunderlips in Rocky Three, right? Yeah. Rip him. That's it was right. so corny. He's on a motorcycle, yeah. right? It was so bad. Yeah, they could have given him so something bad. better there. The Shaka Bra like type of thing. And, yeah. It's so bad, but um, but you gotta watch it anyway. You know what I mean? Um, but but uh, I'm gonna leave on. I'm not leaving. I'm just saying. I'm just gonna pass it off to somebody else on this. Yeah. Since it is, uh, 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 what is it? Hall of Fame night, and the Great Muda just got inducted. Yeah. Another one of my favorites of all time. Great Muda versus Hulk Hogan in Japan. You 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 see a completely different side of Hulk Hogan. He's actually wrestling. Oh, yeah. Hulk Hogan can wrestle. Yep. It's on YouTube. Just, just good. You know, type wow. it up. Hulk Hogan versus the Great Muda. It's incredible. The Great Muda. Yeah, there was a different level of expectation in Japan, especially in that yeah. era, because like that's like the Stan Hansen will fucking murder you era. <laughs> 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 you know, like if you ever want to see somebody get legit clotheslined, like out of their underpants, like Not watch some old Stan games, Hansen, bro. dude. He Shit, knocked those Vader's eye men. out. He knocked Vader's eye out. Speaking of masks, though, Japan, the mask right? on mask, the one he comes out with where it's like over him on his shoulders, he right. takes it off and it blows the steam out of it. Boy. Right. That shit is dope. Right. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. unbelievable. I love Vader. Vader was like 400 pounds doing moonsaults off the top rope. Oh, yeah. Would not want to take. I don't care how much of a work they say it is. I don't want that dude coming off the second rope, top rope, first rope, any rope <laughs> and landing you know on me. Classic classic match. I got one more question for you, Billy Ray. Classic match. If you haven't seen it, go find it. Okay. okay. Superfly Snooker against uh, Don Morocco. Oh, yeah. But 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 I'll go. Tell me which one you want me to see, and I, I I'll go see it. I was a big Superfly fan when I was a kid. in a steel cage. Oh oh, I see. I've yeah. Snooker yeah, but Snooker gets on top of the cage and jumps off and jumps off onto him. First ECW moment. Um, oh yeah. My, 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 my ECW was another thing that 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 I loved so much. Right in professional wrestling, it gave birth to the Attitude Era in the WWE. They don't give it much credit, but it absolutely did. That's what they did. They ripped off ECW, you know, uh, and, and Snook is given credit for being the first like hardcore wrestler for doing something like that. And he was in ECW when it was Eastern championship wrestling. I think he was the champion. So there's well, that connection. But that, but that thing was probably, I remember watching it on a black and white TV with, uh, with a hanger sticking out of the back of it. So dope. And <laughs> rabbit ears. I'm saying, and yeah. I see, it must've been 81. I think it was like eighty one when he first did it off of the off of the top of the steel cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's it's yeah, a, I've, I've seen I've, I've seen I've seen it. It's it's dope. Um, okay, go back okay. and watch it. Want to go back? They're That's what to, made Mick Foley want to be a wrestler. Is watching that right, He was in the crowd, right? Yeah, wrestling yeah. for the Intercontinental Belt, and Snooker loses, but he takes him back into the cage, beats the crap out of him, and and drops the belt on Morocco, who's supposed to be knocked out in the middle of the ring. Dope. That's just come on. <laughs> That's the best moment <laughs> ever. <laughs> Uh, so I gotta admit, oh I'm a huge fan of botches. I love botchamania. That that is yeah, you know, right shout out to tough. Matthew botchamania man because uh, that got that got me through some tough times because it just makes you laugh. Like old like wrestling moves that, that are done wrong, set to video game music, can't really beat it. And and Chris, uh, while we're on topics of like classic stuff like that too, I think you'd really identify with the character Raven from ECW. He was he was the grunge wrestler. He came out in the leather jacket and he had the flannel stuff. He had all the alternative, like sort of, uh, st- you know, just all, all the alternative culture stuff about him, you know, from how he presented himself. Well, and what's funny is he started out as Scotty Flamingo. He used to be no, a crappy he used to guy. Come out at, right. I was, I was going to hit that six. You're absolutely yep. right, man. But he used to come out to the offspring. Oh, uh, you got to keep him separated. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, wow. But but I, I couldn't buy Raven for a long time because I was like, wait a minute, this is Johnny Flamingo, yeah. you know. So so I didn't I didn't I didn't resonate with him until uh, until a little bit. He had to prove it to me. And then now, I was who's like, who's the okay. one that was the crow? Basically, Brandon Lee's the crow. Or Sting. Yeah. Sting. Sting. Okay. Right. Yeah. He it's also right. did the Joker too when he was in TNA. Really? Yeah. He did the um the crazy Joker like type of thing and it was really based off of uh heath ledger really based mm-hmm. i have heath ledger right here his jokers right here yeah this, wow that's dope yeah the sting joker stuff they did a little bit of it when they brought him to wwe for a while because he had a feud with seth rollins and that's actually what ended up uh ending sting's career for a while he came back he's now in aew and he's still doing the classic uh crow face paint now he's back to that so he's not doing joker <laughs> okay all right wow God, how old is he now, man? Yeah, uh, he's in his. He's 60s. old, but he's still in excellent shape. He did a right. he did a flying I mean, crossbody off the stage, uh, onto a guy. Yeah, he's the, unbelievable. Right. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he's always talking. Yeah, he, he's an incredible. Person, so. Right. But it says OBS disconnected and is reconnecting. I don't know. That might be to our Odyssey stream. Odyssey does that sometimes, but I think we're still going. But uh, so anybody else want to go next on who goes over? Chris, would yours be Benoit as well? Or would you side with Billy Jack? I would say, yeah, that one's intriguing. And uh, not to be morbid or anything, I'm not saying Billy Ray's being morbid, but I didn't realize <laughs> that there was a potential angle where. Billy Ray is Paul Bearer been- right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so there. That's what I think of. Right, right. No, like, okay. All right, take two. Okay. So, yeah, no, where there's like a potential where there could be, could have been a, a hit job. It, it gives it this, you know, that conspiratorial, like, hmm, I wonder if there's something to it. Because the thing itself is horrific as, as it is. If it was like a, uh, you know, imbalance or you steroids or whatever the official thing was. But I'd have to say, Billy Ray's kind of opened my mind a little bit with um, uh, Billy Jack uh, because it reminds me that he wasn't the most reliable of people. And I feel like he, number one, 
he is missing right i don't know if he's still missing but he was during the lockdown in covid and all that but i feel like when he made these accusations about videotaping the train running over the kids after they were already dead on the tracks and all that crap he would have been killed a long time ago if he had a, a videotape of that unless unless he hid the videotape and that was his uh insurance policy but i don't i doubt it i don't know that was uh, a morbid curiosity too over the years and yeah i don't know and anything with andy coffin and jerry lawler which that you know when you find out you know that they were both in on it together that makes it a little more fun knowing that andy probably did not hurt like break his neck like they show you know what i mean like so and the idea that it's not really part of the wrestling part of it but just the idea that Andy was able to get so many people to actually believe he's still alive. I've been to his grave too. And I actually do think that he died of cancer in uh, May of 1984, but he actually is getting inducted in some kind of uh wrestling hall of fame somewhere. It's the WWE one. Yeah, that, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he should be so in the conspiracy hall of fame too, because I think Andy Kaufman, if he were alive today, he would have loved today's hoax culture. That's for sure. <sighs> You're right. So many You're damn right. hoaxes going on. Oh, I'd love for him. If you, man, if you believe they put a man on, on the moon, that. right? They REM wrote the song for him. If you believe, yeah, man, That's right, well, Chuck. Somewhere in a parallel Lord. universe, hopefully, there's uh, Andy Kaufman having Belcher. a conversation with Richard Belzer and uh, Dave McGowan about whether or not we went to the moon. <laughs> Rest in peace. Small, I think small. they know the moon is real at this point, right? They, they, I think they've got it figured out. They don't. I thought it was made of Gouda or Feta or something. At this point. Maybe. Yeah. According to Wallace and Gromit, the moon is made of cheese. But so yes. we've yet to disprove that. Rest <laughs> in peace. Right. Chuck or six? Let's let's let Chuck go and then I'll 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 wrap up. How about that? What you got, Mr. Ocelli? Well, what 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 is there to say? Look, again, the, the, the world that this is steeped in is steeped in legend for a reason. And, uh, you know, I, sad to say I, I got, you know, the Benoit one is the ugliest thing possible. That's for sure. Uh, but there is, a, there is a lot of great entertainment that can be gotten out of it. Even if it is some awful human beings, sometimes, <laughs> you know, in reality involved, and maybe some people aren't as cool as they look. Some people are even cooler than they look. Right. You know, you take a look at the backstory to a guy like the Iron Sheik, right? That's a real yeah. tough guy. Yeah, man. Yeah. Sheiky baby. Yeah, he'll be on Howard Stern all the time too. Dude, those like, are oh, my crazy. Oh, 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 good. I, I, yeah, I love it. God, but wait, he's serious, right? He he was a bodyguard for the Shaw. Right? Right. Oh, That's yeah. right. That motherfucker. He's a bad Dude, motherfucker. When when, when the <laughs> ultimate war, when when Artie Lang, I think I don't forget who. Oh, Artie Lang dressed was, up as some random Arab guy that that. Yeah, he came in the room. He came in the room, and the iron shoe right. went off. That shit. He was like. Oh. <laughs> I was laughing oh. for months. Whenever that clip comes up, I start laughing again. And then some some other guy, I forget his name. I used to, you know, I used to know his name, but I, but he he dressed up as the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, he did. And they and he Christie. went up. Richard yes, Christie, Christie. Yeah, yeah. And they went in. I mean, Iron Sheik lost it. It was so <laughs> funny. It was anyway. The old Howard TV. I'm episode. so sorry. Yeah, yeah, back in the day, Chuck. Sorry. <laughs> No, no problem. But I'm just saying is that that the, the whole world is steeped with so many characters. Uh, uh, of interest, and it's kind of unfortunate that a guy like Vince McMahon is running that show for real, and you know it's huge and everything. 
But again, you can't argue with, uh, with, with, with success. And a lot of that success was. A- oh, lost you there, Chuck. You, you said a lot of that success and a lot then of that you- success. Boom. Oh, no more. No, Vince got him. Right. Here we go. What did you Here say? Vince, oh, Vince was like here. listening in and he went, sorry, pal. <laughs> no, I can hear him. Yeah, he's there. He's there. He, he, right. he got one of his guys to, to silence me real quick. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. But I mean, the, the, the control that was exerted here and, and the, the, the business model, I mean, you can't argue with it. It was big. You know what I mean? It was big. It is big. And it's, uh, it's just gigantic, man. There's a whole world there goes well beyond conspiracies and some of them were made up so that they could pump it. You know what I mean? They could push the whole thing. But uh, on the other hand, things grow out of your control too. So, you know, whether it's uh, the reality of the steroids, the fact that people lost, you know, a lot of themselves in it and everything else, it's just like any other business that's done in public, right? It gets dirty. So it is what it is. Excellent. Awesome. Six. Yeah. Thanks. I want to hear it, man. You put all of this together, so I know, I know you know exactly which one is is tops in your list. I know, I know you probably didn't even have to think about it because you were like setting this whole thing up, putting thirty back to back to back. You did an incredible job doing that, brother. Yeah, and you one? left Fred Blassie out. Thank you, classy, classy Freddie Blassie. That's right. He'd probably Blassie call you a pencil six, neck so. geek. You know, he's yeah. not mean. Yeah. But uh, so uh, shout out to what Chuck brought up there, too, about this being a dirty business. I think of the oh. Lamb of God song, Omerta. And Omerta is about that code of silence that you take in the mafia. Like there's something very secret society-ish almost about wrestling and learning wrestling. And oh, especially me, all about that. You're okay. absolutely right. And, okay. and, and in the era in which the, I grew up watching wrestling, which is the 80s and in the 90s, when it was still a protected business. When it was still something that if somebody asked you, like a John Stossel, hey, this shit's fake, right? That you slap oh, yeah. that motherfucker and break his <laughs> eardrum. <laughs> I remember that. You know? Or Richard Belzer. When, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. He and Hulk Hogan like, dropped him on his neck. Yeah, that was right before that almost ended WrestleMania. That almost ended the WWF altogether. Um, and also oh, Vader oh, in an instance, too, over in India. He got uh, locked up, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you think uh, that was for real? You think uh, he got lo- locked up for real? Uh, it's tough to. I mean, we'd have to get records. Chuck, Chuck would be on that kind of thing. You find who, how to find the the record of something like that, an arrest record, somebody to prove that it's real. Keep it a mystery. Some things are good at <laughs> mystery. You know what I mean? Well, right. That, that's the thing about this too, gentlemen. Like as we get together, um, my runner up. Um, so usually in these rumbles, it goes down to like two people that battle it out. And then there's some sort of twist or turn and somebody ends up on top somehow. And, uh, uh, the runner up for me was probably, especially given what we've all been through these past few years was that the WWE sort of paid off Trump and the government to be able to do wrestling during the lockdowns for us. Absolutely. Now Mm. you could say that that's like, that's like a shit heel thing to do. Well, Roddy Piper was a good guy and he'd still poke people in the eyes. Like there's really? a, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in our society that we, you know, that, and Chuck, you probably, you brought this up too with the, the mafia involvement and things. It's just like, there's, we do heal shit sometimes. And sometimes it's for the better. 
Like I would have rather have had wrestling during the lockdown than no wrestling. I mean, when it came to like losing my mind, being locked in my apartment and not having like music and concerts to go to, not visiting with friends, not seeing my family, not knowing if they were well, you know, during a pandemic that I at least had something to distract me during that time. And if it took some sort of corruption, something I generally shit on, you know, something that I hate, we talk about on all of our shows. But just like if it took that little bit of black market corruption or just like I'm going to pay off this evil, all it does is prove that we're right, that the politicians are for sale, that the businesses are in bed with them, and they can sort of get away with murder and the rest of us don't. But at least we get their cool bread and circuses. Unless, unless it's the Thunderdome. The Thunderdome can suck it anyway. <laughs> it's funny I'm because I, I had no wrestling during, during the pandemic, bro. I couldn't watch that shit. Nothing in the world. I, 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 would, I, were, I think I was still on the air at that point doing profe- uh, Russian, uh, wrestling reviews. And I was like, I, don't, I, I might have been done with it. And I was just doing guest spots on people's shows. And the culture I, I just, was gone out of it, man. It, the culture I, I just, wasn't there. I remember just saying, like, they should just go away and come back three months and people will like it and miss it in three months. I'm like, just go away. This is awful. And you can reset you know? things that way. You know, you can come back and like shoot it more, like do it more as a shoot, you know, yeah. where it's not like they're not actual UFC fighters or anything, but make it look more real <laughs> than all this crazy stuff they do. I mean, I don't know how you feel about like guys like the Young Bucks and that type of stuff and that type I love of performance. The yeah. yeah, I mean, I, there, there's some, there's something about like the way those guys do their backstage uh, YouTube videos, and there's a lot of camaraderie in that. And it just like that's why I kind of latched on to AEW during the pandemic more is because not only was it something new, uh, but then also they did a lot of shooting down in uh, Jacksonville. So they were in Florida, they had looser rules, and they were able to put on YouTube shows that I could watch for free during the pandemic, and they would put the wrestlers at the ringside instead. Because they didn't have the yeah. Thunderdome. So it was right. just like, it still had a little bit of that culture. But the backstage videos and just them fucking around and like being silly and doing little skits. Like uh, if you've never watched Being the Elite, uh, their their little YouTube show, I highly recommend it. It's funny. Um, and it launched a lot of careers too because you, when you get to connect with somebody personally, it, it makes it easier to watch them you know do silly shit on screen. You know, because right. you're, you're sort of on their side. But yeah. No, During the pandemic, it makes revisit those old those old shows i sat and watched whole whole, like careers go by it was like let me watch every single time the undertaker depended the belt you know what i mean let me sit and watch oh look they got demolition they got a whole playlist of demolition watch all that stuff from when they showed up and then they they're they're feud with uh you know the road warriors who were called the legion of doom when they came to the wwf blah 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 right and I was just going back and revisiting all that stuff, watching Andre and checking out uh, the, the, those old things. You know what I mean? The stuff with Bruno San Martino actually wrestling, right? Yeah. Stuff like that. And I, you know, Bobby the Brain Heenan as a wrestler, as a manager, <laughs> right? The greatest stuff like that. The greatest manager. I don't think there's anybody better than Bobby. Hey, Paul Heyman is a close second. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I went back and I was reliving that stuff. Like, you know what? Let me go look back at this. That's what I was doing. And, and I remember catching some of those MSG ones. And like you were talking about with the commercials uh, and, you know, and I was like, wow, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that when I saw it, you know, well, so much fun. MSG that's Network. the nostalgia angle. Like wrestling does nostalgia so well. 
like seeing mm-hmm. people come the pageantry of it like when people steal other people's gimmicks even like when they brought ronda rousey into wwe and they gave her roddy piper's thing like just yeah. seeing her come out like that and dress like that like it it, it brings together generations of people so for me like it, it's we always say on the new prisoners no coincidences there's no coincidence that the, the top wrestling conspiracy probably of all time at least until today um is the benoit murders because with the Benoit murders, well, think of it this way. If your best friend, like somebody like Eddie Guerrero, passed away and you're angry and grieving and maybe holding a grudge, would you threaten to pop on Vince for violating his wellness policy? Benoit thought that he was being followed. He was experiencing paranoia. Voices in his head. And there's a lot of voice to skull technology stuff we've been reading about lately graves right but uh yeah yeah, yeah there is yeah. and in waco texas it's you know that that they, they use that or they were or they were going to use it admittedly this is admitted that you're talking they, about waco voice yeah, they were they were going to beam um koresh the voice of, of of god into david koresh's skull Billy Ray, I just sent everyone out that link. Yeah, they were going to do it. Charlton Heston's voice, even. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I think so Benoit had a, out there. Yeah, I think Benoit had enough of a motive to uh, pop on Vince, and maybe Vince would need somebody to follow him, and maybe mm-hmm. that and that the buildup of that paranoia. They didn't have to even lay a finger on him, but just knowing that somebody's following you. And knowing that you know that you threatened a very powerful man um, is enough to make you super paranoid. Now, if you're on three thousand times testosterone too and drinking, um, and your wife is in your face poking you in the chest, God knows what that'll fucking do to you, pal. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes never, people push to the edge, and yeah. you don't need no skull to voice or whatever the thing is either. You just natural, yeah. just push them. Yeah. Push him to the edge. It certainly didn't help that his finisher was hitting somebody with his skull, you know? So, right. like, looking at that, too, and what became of that, and the political thing that became of that, like, what the NFL, like, had to completely change course. Um, the, the, the push in technology yeah. now, like, how many billions of dollars are being spent to protect the skulls of our children in these sports programs that are very lucrative markets? I don't think you can have the NFL. I don't think you're going to have the NFL for much longer, to be honest with you, over the next yeah. ten years. If you know that your kid can get CTE and become yeah. somebody like Chris Benoit, you're going to let him play football. You're going to let him do that for a scholarship to do a little song and dance for a university, and maybe get hurt and never get the rest of that education he was promised. Well, when they when they hid what really happened to Lou Gehrig, yes, right. uh, you know it started way back there. Please, well, please elaborate. For, please elaborate quickly if you can for the audience, just in case. The truth is, is that due to the fact that he had suffered various concussions and then not rested afterwards, this is where that whole you know ALS comes from. Yeah. It comes from the fact that you got you got a polluted spinal cord from the concussion. That's it. That and they knew it a long time. He had gotten hit in the head with a baseball quite a few times. Go ahead and correlate it. And and you can see exactly where it comes up, and they knew about it. You know, they 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 act like they just discovered this a couple of years ago, right? But I'm telling you now, look at Muhammad Ali and the Parkinson's. That's oh, related, but that's not really the same as the Parkinson's other people get. It's exactly. a different condition. That's the thing. Right. 
is that repeated blows to the head, it will do something to you. And again, boxing, like people didn't know already. Come on. Yeah. Even yeah. wrestling. I mean, I know p people say, yeah, it's all stage. These guys still get hurt. Oh, look at Brian Danielson. You know, Brian, yeah. Brian Danielson has been through hell whenever it come, came to getting cleared. There's even a conspiracy theory around that. I didn't include it because I didn't think it was all that, you know, worthy of, of some of the other ones, but that, uh, that they kept him off the roster by sit, by not medically clearing him on purpose. That he was, I, I this character was buried. Mm. I, I, I believe that. Wow. I, I, I remember I used to argue that point really? because I mean, there, there was, they were fighting like resisting money. I don't understand it. They, they were like, uh, we, you know, leaving money on the table with this guy all the time. Like, I mean, everybody wanted him back. Give right. him a run with the title. Like they gave him a couple of like bullcrap runs, you know, and, and they never really took him seriously. He was a mid card champion at, at best whenever he was the champ. Like, but people wanted to see him and they kept him off of television, in my opinion. Like, I mean, they did. I could be very wrong about this, but that's the way it looked. You know, they just didn't want anything to do with him. And then all of a sudden he's cleared and he can wrestle again. Out of, out of the freaking blue, what changed? You know, and they what, threw what on that changed? SmackDown show, and he shined too. Like he got the best Miz promo of all Miz promos ever uh, over the course of what a twenty-year career, right? Miz dropped that. I mean, I don't. I, yeah, it's completely plausible. I guess I didn't really know that there could be that much connected. I guess you know of of them actually doing it. Like if there's just like somebody that sent like a text message to somebody, like yeah, we're keeping Brian off of it. That would be great. <laughs> right. I don't know. I just, especially with, um, well, getting back to the Benoit thing with that kind of stink left on them, you know, about the concussion syndrome and everything else. Like that's, that's what that all brought back. And then you look at the build of Brian Danielson, you know, you like he, he's, he's a five tenor guy too. Like he's, he's, he's thick, but you know, he's, he's natty. So, and he's also vegan. So he's not like, he's not looking like fucking warlord here anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> Who who infamously um was asking Shawn Michaels to shoot steroids into his ass and they wouldn't Warlord. go in and Warlord uh, Warlord's like hey what's wrong and Michaels looks up at him and goes it looks like you're full yes <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> <guess> so <laughs> but to, but to end on a on a on a high note um. <laughs> You know, such a dark story. The reason why it's so disturbing is because it involves yeah. family. Um, right. And that's what wrestling and my relationship to it was based around. It was based around spending weekends with my pap, you know, who grew up watching wrestling too in a different kind of era. And then right. coming into the Hulk Hogan era and watching him watch the Hulk Hogan era and him telling me about like old school wrestlers that he watched, like Bruno San Martino and others. Gorgeous George. Absolutely. Superstar Billy Graham. Yes. Billy Graham yeah. is a great one. And then just what having that access. Because anyway? uh, Superstar Billy Graham, he's uh, having a lot of health problems recently. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They featured him on uh, some of the Dark Side of the Ring series, which, you know, yeah. of all the bullshit that Vice is responsible for, the Dark <laughs> Side of the Ring series is fucking amazing, man. Phenomenal. Yeah. I was going to bring up Beyond the Mad, too. Like what you guys said, but it's not really conspiracy, I don't think. Well, it's about, so the, it's about the screw job and everything yeah. and a little bit. Yeah. Oh, no, the, and then uh, Jake, the snake and everything and drinking his pee. Um, he's, he's weirdo. He's a fucking weird guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it, what I was saying, it, 
it comes back to family. It comes back to just, you know, nostalgia, enjoying classic things over again with other people because the reason why it, I, I never had access to something like that in my regular household. My mom hated wrestling. She didn't want me to watch it. We had one TV. So right. get getting the weekend to be able to enjoy it with Pap and to sit in Pap's chair and to be able to watch old old school wrestling. If they could put a chip in my brain where I'd sit there, maybe they got me. You know, okay. it's just it's one of the it's one of those beautiful things that every time I watch a match and I get to think back to those moments, I'm there. Yeah. So when well, with I that, agree with you, man. One hundred percent. Glad you have those memories, sir. Because uh I can't think of anything like that. It sounds beautiful. No, I mean I, I used to watch wrestling all by myself for the most part because you know no one wanted to watch it with me. But but uh uh I I I covered it so much and it was so bad that I had to separate myself from it and I couldn't watch it anymore. And, and, and this was very recent, but my, my son brought me back. He was just like, come watch wrestling with me. I'm like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to, but I will. So I started watching it with him and now I'm back in, but we do it together. Like I'm, I'm taking him to AEW. That's why I'm going and I'm taking him to MLW, you know, and it's, and it's so dope to be able to do that. Right, to take him to to the events because I I wasn't nobody was able to take me to the events you know and I wanted to go so desperately you know and I remember I was like damn I want to go they're here they're in Madison Square Garden you know and I mean it simply was not possible right and I know that now I didn't know that then you know um but but it's possible for my son yeah. you know so I'm like you want to go see John Cena let's go see John Cena you know you you want to go see Cody Rhodes sure. You know, I'd love to show you Cody Rhodes, you know, and, and it's, it's, I'm having a blast. So create, yeah, create some new memories. Yeah. Hey that's man, cool. that's why I totally agree with, with six, man. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's dope. He's my son has just passed out on the couch watching the, the hall of fame ceremony. He just oh, was wow. still on the couch asleep right now, but we're, we're going to watch WrestleMania this weekend. Yeah. It's going to be dope. You know, it's going to be my, my eldest doesn't really care. But but uh, he comes to the shows with us. He comes to indie shows, and and he he loves it because the we get to see to sit front row and and the impact and all of that. He's like whoa, you know. So he's looking at it, and he, he's all into like martial arts. So he yeah. he kind of likes the fight aspect of it. But 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 my little guy it reminds me of me when he used to say. But but on a different level because he'll come to me now, and and you know he's you know these kids are all tech savvy. They know all about all this stuff, and and he comes to me and he's like you know um. Cody Rhodes, you know, he's probably going to win the WWE title this weekend. But, you know, I really want to see Sami Zayn win. You know, I, I know he'll only be a transitional champion, but they should put the belt on him. Like, I remember I used to be there. I'm like, yo, Hulk Hogan, don't die. Like, I was fully yeah. believing it. He's yeah. looking at it totally different. He's like, I know this is fake, but it's still pretty cool. And here's yeah. what's going to happen, you know. So it's, it's dope. I'm, I enjoy every minute of it. So I, I can relate 100% to that. In in a in a kind of a different way, six. You know, like uh, hopefully my kids will have that. It's like the reverse of what he said. He had right. the thing with his pappy. Right. You got it with your kids, so it's right. kind of just just yeah. reversed. Yeah, I, I can only hope that that you know when when I'm not around that they you know remember, remember that. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I think that's a great way to wrap up uh, this episode. Uh, thank you everybody for being here. Thank you to everybody in the chat. Uh, shout out to the TMP crew, uh, the people that hung out with us late at night, including everybody that joined us here. 
Uh, Billy, thank you very much for being part of this. Uh, Chuck's having a technical issue, but Chuck, thank you very much for being with us. Hope you can still hear me, brother. And uh, Chris, <laughs> you know, it's always fun hanging out with you. And you oh, have a marvelous hat, sir. Tell us where you can yeah. get that hat. Can you get that hat well, at Ancelli.com? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, he's gonna make up a whole new batch, and he told me he was gonna make so, some get I'm mad like, with Chris Graves hats. So. Oh man, yeah. hype it up, hype it up, and then. Oh, um, and uh, Mr. Billy Ray, uh, so, I just wanted to let you it. know because I, <laughs> I promised uh, Mr. Cooper. Mr. Cooper says, "What's up, Billy?" Somebody. <laughs> sorry, sir. Sorry. Oh, no. Shout out to remember. all our friends. Uh, Tom, I see dad guy there in the chat. I see Harlan. Thank you, Harlan, for calling in to uh, the yeah. show uh, the other night. That was great. Um, but um, now, uh, Billy, you got something that you're going to be releasing soon. Something big, man. I am. Yeah. Oh, free world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what am I releasing? Oh, so. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, freeworld.fm. Actually, um, gentlemen, on Sunday, a little bit of inside baseball. I'm, I'm going to be reaching out to you guys. Hopefully, you're available for about 10, 15 minutes throughout the day. If you can't do it, we'll do it on another time, but just giving you guys a heads up. Um, but um, yeah, freeworld.fm is going to happen, and we're going to launch, and uh, it's going to be a collection of alternative media hosts um that uh will broadcast for you out of one place and when everything happens and everything gets shut down and you don't know where to find your favorite alternative media personality and this is the alternative to the alternative folks okay if you're into that other stuff probably not but if you're into you know you know stuff that's rooted in reality come check us out man uh freeworld.fm and and sign up uh the landing page is there just dump it in uh dump in your email and we'll tell you when we're gonna launch we don't have a hard launch date yet but it's coming closer and closer i see the light at the end of the tunnel this is going to happen um so yeah stay up on it and and i'm i'm going to be launching uh infinite fringe premium and uh it's just become a little bit easier to do that for me so i think i'm gonna do it I, and I, i'm gonna offer uh the back catalog of the infinite fringe that's no longer yeah. up, you know so i'm gonna put like one um one episode a month of the back catalog and, and i have you know jordan maxwell and fritz springmeyer i got david ike i got i i don't you name it uh james fetzer you, i just you name had it. a great listener clue me in on fritz springmeyer lately like i just he dumped a bunch of video links on me and it was awesome i followed up a lot of the fritz stuff man i'd like to get him we'll talk about it dude i'm marked out i'm it's marked real- Really right, really right. You know what? Chuck did a whole. Uh, I think it was. Well, I wish he was still on the thing right now. He did like a fifty-part. I think it's either twenty-five or fifty-part series with Jordan before he passed away. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I I had the pleasure and the privilege of speaking to that guy about five or six times. I have an episode that I never released that was close to the end of his life, and um and he reached out to me. And and he was like, "Hey, I want to get on shows." And, and his, one of his representatives, the, the the last guy that that um was, you know, overseeing his business and helping him. Yeah. Um, we spoke, and I I never released the episode because I didn't feel comfortable with the way Jordan performed on it. You know, I was like, "Man, he's there's clearly something up." You know, and 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 I didn't feel fully comfortable releasing it. Maybe I'll clean it up, 
and release it at some point uh, on the premium thing. But I have other ones where he was sharp as a tack, yeah. you know, and, and just going in on so many things, you know. So um, I want to release those. I, I'm going to release the entire back catalog that, that I had to take out. Give him one of those. Uh, maybe uh, the back catalog of America Unplugged that was on Iconic. Um, there's 87 episodes. Um, was that when you had the, uh, uh, what was it, D-Live or whatever for the chat? No. Oh, okay. Right. No, no, I don't think so. I um, guess when John came over to do America Unplugged with you, there was like D-Live in the beginning. That's what I was thinking about. I don't know. I don't remember that. Maybe. I don't know. You're probably right. I just don't know. And we're going to do um, uh, uh, two, uh, you know, uh, extra content, like live, con like, um, you know, new content. So you get a, you get a, a bonus fringe and I'm doing a, a show with Mr. Gates uh, every, every month. That'll also be for, for premium subscribers. And, and Tony has thrown some stuff my way. So maybe we'll do that, but this is really important stuff with Tony. So I don't think I want to put it behind a paywall. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But, um, but that's what we're going to do. Um, I'm almost positive that I'm going to launch it. So um, keep keep an eye out for it. It's going to be constant uh, uh, content coming to you. And uh, th this is on top of whatever I release. Uh, anyway, you know, I know I'm inconsistent with whatever I release, you know, for free. Um, but I try to release at least three episodes a month. And I've been pretty good with that since January. So you'll still get that. That won't change. It's just additional stuff to it. So those are the two things that we're doing. Uh, thank you, Six. I appreciate it, man. I had a blast, bro, talking to you guys. And you had something about, what was it, the Kill Shed? That was pretty cool. Live from the Kill Shed? That's me and John Brissom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, do that on free, we'll do that on Free World, man. That, that'll be there. That'll be open to yeah. everybody to listen to. Man, I'm looking forward to everything that you got going on there. And uh, I'm sure all the gentlemen in the chat would agree. We love some premium fringe, so uh, that'll, oh. be, that'll be fantastic. So, yeah. but uh, Chris, uh, you also speaking of Jordan Maxwell, you talked to somebody that didn't didn't they study under him? Listen to uh, yeah, Micah, I, Micah Dank. Micah Dank, yeah, yeah, he was on a digging Chris Graves uh, last week, and uh, he went through a whole presentation about. Uh, well, I'm gonna get screw this up, but it was astro uh, theology, theology. Mm -hmm. theology, yeah, and he went into this whole presentation about the different symbology and like the cosmos, which I'm also probably screwing up the terminology, but the things son in of the God, Bible, son of God stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Really like, cool. the, yeah. Like literally it was like the sun and yeah, it was fascinating. And, uh, I hope to talk to him again and uh, cult priestess, uh, Tom Cooper and I are with our conspiring t with Mr. Cooper show. Yeah. We're going to have like, Tom and we're going to have a, we're going to have a dual, um, live stream with, uh, OP at 3 p.m. tomorrow, uh, Eastern Standard Time. So I'm hoping I don't screw that up so, you know, somehow. Right, well, good luck dueling streams with OP. Um, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds weird, but thank you. <laughs> well, it's it's going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be weird. It's going to be 3 p.m. Tune in. Yeah. All right. But uh, all right. But uh, let's 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 wrap on all that. Um, TMP will be back Friday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. ish. Like usual, hopefully less technical gremlins next time. This was yeah, this was easy. Yeah. I'm getting a little bit more used to using the Skype. Maybe we'll continue with that until uh, Brave and Stripe payments stop fucking with me. Uh, mm. But uh, that's that Streamyard stuff seems uh, quite pleasant that you use there, Chris Graves. So I might be looking into that too. That'll help Yard us introduce chill, some bro. graphics and stuff like that, and 
play little intro musics and things that we got going on and i don't have to learn to code to fucking do it so but uh yeah it's always good to try we, stuff we use, we use Streamyard for america unplugged man and it's yeah, yeah it's smooth it's smooth yeah. all right but um until we meet again until we are free we are the new prisoners nope thank you for listening to the new prisoners let us know what you think about this week's topics on our minds page and Substack, or leave a comment under our video on BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, and Brideon. You can also risk being shadow banned, suspended, or permanently banned on Twitter and Instagram with us, or speak freely with us on Gab. Please feel free to share your own sources with us, and remember to share the information we provided you here. You never know what kind of difference it could make. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, email the new prisoner number six at protonmail.com. Provide a brief description of the topic or topics that you would like to discuss, and a screener will contact you. You can always choose to appear anonymously. And you can also donate to the new prisoners through anchor.fm slash the new prisoner number six slash support. There you can make a monthly donation of 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99. We also have a subscribe star where you can make a one-time or recurring contribution at subscribestar.com slash the hyphen new hyphen prisoners. Or you could donate US dollars and crypto to us on Mines and Odyssey. All donations go towards studio upgrades to make more content and advertising to spread the word about the show. Every amount is appreciated. Demand answers, not orders. We are the new prisoners.